Welcome back to... When are you going to stay? Tim, let him drive. <laughs> He's doing it to me on purpose. He's a son of a bitch. In a world where nostalgia rages across the land, where everyone and their mother has a podcast, where there's still a movie trailer guy who says, in a world... Three friends revisit films, shows, and games that molded them as they search for answers to life, the universe, and everything in between. Settle in and join us for Screen Refresh. Welcome back to Screen Refresh, a show where we revisit the films, shows, and games from our childhood to try and take another look at what we fell in love with. As always, I'm Dean, forever... And I'm joined for the rest of the Screen Refresh crew, Nick and Tim. Hello there. Also, hello there. Thank you again for coming along for the ride on our movie. As all, oh wait, that's the ending. <laughs> you needed wow, a little that's a short one. You need a little bit more oomph behind that. <laughs> Thank you. There again. we go. <laughs> Tim has it written in all caps. Um. Yeah, so if you haven't noticed, we are, you know, Tim used to start all these shows, but we've kind of segued into whoever's movie it is gets to talk the most. Well, you um, know, season two, baby. New year, new us. Let's uh, try to make it a bit easier for our viewers to understand. This is Dean's choice. I put everyone through So whoever through does this. the intro, if you don't like the movie, you know exactly who to blame. <laughs> Yeah, and if you don't like this movie, I'd be surprised, because I think it's kind of solid. Like, maybe it's not your total thing, but it's 1988's Ron Howard's Willow. Hold for applause. Just as fun as I remember. I've never seen it. It's your first time. I don't want to hear your... I don't want to hear your total thought yet, but... Oh, okay. Never Mum's the word. Were you aware of this of this movie? Mum, yeah, yeah. Okay. Were you like, I've seen posters. I know that Val Kilmer's in it, but I have no idea. I've never That's seen the, a clip. Pretty much the extent. Okay. Um, we could have a whole podcast on just who's in this movie, <laughs> because the, every five minutes it's like, hey, it's that person. Hey, it's this person. They're not in an <laughs> intro credits. Like it, it's nonstop. There's a ton, a ton of people in this thing. You know, it's well, funny. Plus, there's there's characters I don't, that I remember being in it more. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's that guy. I remember him. He plays the friend. And all of a sudden, the friend's just like, well, I'm going back to town. Bye. And then he doesn't show up until the end. I'm like, oh, I thought you were in more I than know just exactly the first what you 18 mean. minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. It's like the fellowship begins. Oh, the fellowship ends. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny. You mentioned that there's lots of people in this because... I do recognize some people, but my uh, my uh, shtick I was going to do later was like, I introduce... Okay, so this movie stars Val Kilmer, Joanne Whaley, Warwick Davis, and Kevin Pollack. I was like, and now I'll turn it over to Tim to tell us about the rest of the people <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we have Billy Barty as Aldwin. Um, the the head wizard of the group uh, we had I think was it Tony Cox I did recognize um, Tony from plays uh, one of the Santa. other warriors he later went on to do like the Bad Santa movies yeah. um, and all of those uh, Phil Fontacaro is Vongar if you've ever seen the movie Troll 
with the the one true original Harry Potter. Um, he played the <laughs> friend that lived in one of the other apartments who was like nice to the kids. He also played the troll in it. I forgot the the troll's name. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, a ton of people in this movie. Um, I think David Steinberg is the one that I was thinking of before. He's yeah, Migosh. Migosh. Um, Willow's friend that I'm like, oh yeah, it's David Steinberg. Like, I, even remember, I remember him from... The, I even remembered okay. his name. Like, Migosh. Like, and yeah. he's barely... Because <laughs> in my head as a child, I was like, yeah, it's Migosh and Willow. And it, that's the Sam and Frodo yeah, exactly. throughout this thing. And then as soon as they get like 10 minutes into their journey, it's okay. Well, I'm going to head back. Okay. So long me. Gosh, <laughs> tell my wife, I love her. Um, I but know if you later ever saw on the episode, like, he's no fucking Samwise Gamgee. That's for sure. <laughs> he's like, well, good luck. <laughs> I can't carry the, u- or the ring, but I can carry you if I wanted to, but I don't <laughs> see you at home, Frodo. Um, but if you ever saw the episode of, are you afraid of the dark? Uh, was it the, the tale of Jake and the leprechaun? David Steinberg plays in that one and he's like the um, other wizard who ends up helping the kid and that's what I knew him from. Then when I saw him with Willow, it's like, oh, it's him from Are You Afraid of the Dark? So it's it's all those characters that it's so nice just to see them, especially in a movie like this that's just like a, it's not an Amblin film, but it's like that no. warm bath of a fantasy adventure. Yeah, it's it's... I want to say low stakes. It's like it's got some good set pieces in it. Um, it was directed by Ron Howard, best known as Little Opie Taylor from the Andy Griffith Show in the nineteen sixties. Uh, it's a shame he only ever did this yeah, after that. Yeah, he did this, this, and Andy Griffith, and not much else. Happy days. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I wasn't paying attention to the camera. You smug <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, daughter. I think who she's in some stuff, um, some things. She's in that dinosaur movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that Jurassic Park fan film. Yeah, Tammy and the T Rex. That's um, the one. <laughs> uh, also, little known, George Lucas has a story by credit on Willow. Uh, I have and... some thoughts on that. <laughs> okay, let's hear them. I right, that's I'll, that's. It's kind of peppered in. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, because it makes sense with George or George Lucas doing the story by, because I feel like Val Kilmer had strong Han Solo energy throughout this movie. Yeah. I saw um, Han in Indiana throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Um, the whole thing you can tell was made by the Lucasfilm group before it was owned by Disney, because, I mean... I've seen Star Wars to the point where I it's it's just permanently engraved in my head and they used and recycled a lot of sound bites that blasters they played it in this and then I immediately hear it and I know like that is the sound that they used in return they recycled a lot of Return of the Jedi in this. Willow, stay down <laughs> Even some of the locations too I thought was amusing, like welcome to Endor. And then now we're in half. <laughs> um, I you said you saw Indiana Jones. I heard Indiana Jones. Um, there's the that. Uh, there's a chase theme later on. I was like, wait a minute, that's sounds like Indiana <laughs> Jones. But it's. I mean, the composer is James Horner, who is a powerhouse of a composer. Um, he has an extremely long list of work. Um, 
The Rocketeer, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Field of Dreams, Aliens, Cocoon, Commando, yeah. Jumanji, and then, lo- I mean, lots of stuff. I wasn't even going to list them all. That's just the stuff from the 80s and 90s. And actually, in terms of Indiana Jones, I think the guy who I was calling him General Shao Kahn, but the, <laughs> the general with like the skull mask, yeah. I think Kale. he's the one who played in, oh God, was it? Raiders, where he has the fight with the guy on the plane, the bald guy with the oh, mustache, yeah. and then the guy ends up in like the propeller. I'm right. pretty sure that was him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right because his um, I think that's his like IMDb profile picture is him as that guy. Yeah, that's right. The, <laughs> that's an image that's just ingrained in my brain yeah. of childhood is Many. seeing him like all the Indiana Jones movies. Many people's brains. Um. The uh, movie, ki- oh, it was written by a guy named, where is it, Bob Dolman, who doesn't seem like he has a whole lot of credits He wrote and directed this. How to Eat Fried Worms. I don't know what that is. I've never seen it either. I just know it's like a <laughs> kid's film. He did, however, he wrote um, Far and Away, which I liked. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but it's like this sprawling Irish epic with Tom Cruise and I think Nicole Kidman. Which I, oh. was also directed by Ron Howard. Um, so, like, after they worked together on this, they worked together oh. on, on that. Oh, that was afterwards. I don't really... Okay. I, I think this is one of those, um, like, political things where they put someone's name in the credit just to... He didn't... I, I, I honestly feel he didn't really lend much to the actual, like, script. You mean George Lucas? I think Lucas had a much stronger say than what the credits are kind of edging on but i can't prove that but just watching it a lot of this a lot of the dialogue is definitely lucas and then just knowing his history with this movie leading up to it's finally being filmed it's definitely him and i can't tell how much of this is lucas versus the the writer that was um credited what was his name bob, bob dolman yeah, I mean, not to say that I don't think he um, doesn't exist. I think he is a real person, but just I think he might have. Well, you know how like some people have um, uncredited uh, script doctoring, like they help yeah. kind of make it better. It, yeah. I think it's the same thing where like I think Lucas put 95% of a story on the table, but just so that his name wasn't attached to it being his movie. It's like, hey, do you want to just finish the last 5% and you can get the editing or, you know, the the um, <laughs> the credit for it? And I, I think that's what happened, but I mean, don't, don't at me. I have no idea. It's just... <laughs> having a long history with George Lucas and knowing what he's capable of just I <laughs> you could have never showed me and ominous you have every honor that a man could have you've got almost Oscars no no Oscar no Oscars the winner is Woody Allen for Annie Hall You could have never shown me the in, the first five minutes of this movie. I would have immediately known it was like, this is a George Lucas movie, isn't it? I was going to say, like, seeing this and how it has that very, like, it's, I mean, granted, it's like high fantasy, but it it's, has that Indiana Jones kind of adventure feel to it. And then knowing that the Indiana Jones movies were Spielberg and George Lucas, it makes me almost wonder, like, how much of that 
fun adventure feel of a Indiana Jones movie is because of George Lucas's involvement because it is. Spielberg's it's not, not on Spielberg. this. It's just George Lucas for the story by, but it still has that same feel. It's it's um it's Lucas that helped des- uh, design the story. And then we'll have Willow take the baby. Yeah, because I, I noticed he's <laughs> done like the George World Lucas. War Two. <laughs> oh. What? No, I said I, I just did a bad George Lucas. That's what I said. Oh. And then we'll have George. He sounds like Kermit to me in my head right now. Moment, and then we'll have Willow. Then we'll have take the baby. <laughs> and and then we'll have Willow. We'll take the baby. <laughs> then we could have Miss Piggy as the evil queen. <laughs> Complete the ritual. <laughs> I mean, it is Frank Oz. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my God! That just clicked with me. Holy shit! Miss Piggy's Miss Frank Piggy. Oz. Oh yeah! Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, I hear Yoda and Miss Piggy. Holy shit. Grover, too. Um, <clears throat> mind is blown. Speaking so of Dean, mind, when did this come out? Before I get to that, speaking, uh, I don't know if you saw on, I just learned this moments ago. Um, Bob Dolman, I, I clicked on his producer credit and he's producing a Willow TV show that is slated to come out this year. Well, 2022. Yep, and Warwick Starring Davis, Warwick I Davis. guess, is playing Willow again. Yeah. I checked old, the cast list. I didn't Willow. see any other recognizable character names, so I'm wondering yeah. if it's, like, not... The synopsis says it's a re, like a retelling or something of... Or, like, a television version of Willow, but it sounds like it's completely different characters, so I'm wondering if it's just a different story. I hope it's just a different story. Willow. Like a continuation. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, there's nobody to recognize on the cast list. Maybe yeah. he drove everybody out of town with his magic shows. They just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I learned this from the queen. You're all pigs. <laughs> I guess I'm a pig farmer now. <laughs> How about that, burgle cut? <laughs> Bubble butt? That's how I re- refer to him. <laughs> um, I kept thought, I I thought I it kept tell. getting pushed back. Because, um... All the other properties from Lucasfilm kept getting pushed every time Disney would make an announcement of like, Wait, we're, this is our film plan for the next three years. And even though Indy and Willow were on it, it always seemed like they kept getting put on the back burner for more Star Wars content. Oh, you mean this this TV show? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This I, this, I might have been aware of this maybe, but I completely forgot about it if so. So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard about it until just now that I can remember. I um, had no interest in Willow only because I'd never seen it. Now I'm going to have uh, much more attention paid to those. interest. And, yeah. Well, the original film came out on May 20th, 1988. Uh, released uh, the a week after Part 7 of Friday the 13th, The New Blood. And a week before, Crocodile Dundee 2, which was battling against the Rambo 3 at the box office. So this was May three weeks in a row these movies. was a bonkers <laughs> time for film. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I mean we like, got Maniac so, Cop, Killer Clowns. Yeah, we have Maniac Cop, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Dead Heat with, uh, I think it was like Trace Atkins and Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't like know Rambo that movie. Rambo 3, Crocodile Dundee 2. Friday Part 7, New Blood, which is essentially, what if we have Carrie fight Jason Voorhees? <laughs> and then this was released the same weekend as Edge of the Axe, which I guess was like the Spanish premiere, um, because it premiered there before the U.S., but it's like another slasher movie. That's, yeah, it seems like there's fun. a lot of 
horror things going on in May that I... It's like an interesting month for horror. Like, to, yeah. to be putting horror movies up. I don't know. I think... Like, I was trying to check to see, like, did Friday the 13th come out on a Friday the 13th? And that's why it got released during there. <laughs> Whichever one that year. We gotta find it. Is he arguably the coolest looking Jason? What, New part blood? seven? Yeah. I mean, you get a lot more of the zombie Jason, zombie-ish. if I recall, yeah, in that one. He's, yeah. he's deteriorated. I mean, my, my favorite Friday the 13th is probably always going to be part five and part eight, even though... I can't argue that they're good. <laughs> and everybody will probably be like, you're wrong. Is and they'd five, probably be right. Is that Manhattan or no? No, eight's Manhattan. Eight's Manhattan. Yeah. Where he, <laughs> somehow they take a boat and they <laughs> sail it from Crystal Lake into New York City Harbor. <laughs> they, never showed you the, they never showed you the outlet from the lake. Yeah. That... So don't know how that works. Um Jason literally just latches onto the boat and just rides it all the way into New York City and then just goes on a rampage. <laughs> and Johnny Cage is that dude. Part five doesn't even have Jason. Really? Spoilers. Oh, yeah. That's that weirdo in like yep. the mask. That's right. So, yeah. Um, May 1988. Weird yep. time for movies. Uh, I mean, that's all the preamble shit I have. Tim. It's all the weird preamble stuff I have, too. Uh, I saw Spider-Man. Um, by the time this comes out, it will be out. And I'm going to spoil it right now. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange resurrect Tony Stark to help them kill Mary Jane, who's become a supervillain after falling in a vat of electrified porcupines. No, um, I was at the premiere on Monday, December 13th. My co-hosts have not seen it, so I'm just... I feel cursed with knowledge. (laughs) I've been brimming, like, uh, several people have, like, privately messaged me and be like... They ask me, like, I just need to know this. And, like, I'm like, do you really want to know? And, like, I tell them. It's just because they really want to know, but... It helps me release this kind of pent-up knowledge that I have. But the multiverse opens up and all the surviving <laughs> Tony Starks show up and then all of them die in front of Peter Parker again. That's it. Not I'm all at for, once. One at a time. I'm waiting for Marvel to just completely give everyone the finger. They're expecting Toby and Andrew to come back. But instead, they bring in Miles Morales from Inner the Spider-Verse instead. CG and all. They don't even try to change the way he looks. They just Roger Roger Rabbit it there. Yeah, and Spider Pig, the whole gang, whole gang. Nicholas Cage, <laughs> just as Nicholas Cage. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to throw that out there, so I have to. I have to tell somebody. I have to tell the world. Was that the actual Hollywood premiere? Yeah, or was it just that was, pre- oh? So was you red saw carpet. like so you saw Tom Holland and I. There was a mass amount of. Uh, fans I guess just like crowding all that stuff and we couldn't really see anything after we left the movie we were in the spill theater um, it was the this is the Fox Regency Fox theater in Westwood and there's one across the street there's like two if you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I believe it's where Margot Robbie goes to watch her movie as uh, oh, Sharon Tate the, uh, the Wrecking Crew yeah 
Jeez, it's this is a theater where that premiere was. A lot of movie premieres premieres go to that theater. We were at the Spill Theater across the street where it was mostly like fans and cosplay. All the celebrities All the were across the street. <laughs> <laughs> the plebeians. Uh, we saw Terry Crews just leaving the theater. That was about it. Did you yes, say Spill Theater or the the real? No, theater? The, the the main <laughs> one. <laughs> So that was the only celebrity sighting we had. But it was just cool to see the movie in any case. I thought it was great that they had him as Uncle Ben in this. <laughs> <laughs> they finally do a flashback and it's just Terry Crews. Yeah, Terry Crews. No, it's not even a flashback. He comes in and uh, they give him the great responsibility line, which I thought was not appropriate. Like, you can't say that. You just met. You just you just became a stepdad. And then like, Peter literally says, I love you on Brooklyn Nine Nine and then he leaves. <laughs> nine 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 So Willow. Oh my god! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, stay calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. So Willow opens up at the uh, castle of our main baddie, Queen Bev Mort. There's a lot of fun names in this. Queen Bavmorda. It's like true, like fantasy. Like I don't know where they pull these names from, but uh, she is she has taken all the pregnant women in the land <laughs> prisoner because the, the this prophecy that a, a newborn baby around this time is going to eventually usurp her and uh, banish her or kill her, just end her reign of terror. Essentially, it's a very King Herod approach. King Herod. There's yeah yeah. There's a baby that's gonna usurp me someday. Time to kill all the babies. I know that name. Why? What is that story? The, the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why Mary and Joseph left. And they oh, went into yeah. hiding. And that they old they, story. They needed to sleep somewhere, and they went to a bunch of inns, and they all said no. It's Christmas time. <laughs> Yes, it is a lot like that. I've read the Bible many times. <laughs> Just so you know, listener. That old I went, chestnut. I went to Catholic <laughs> school, so that was a primary subject through the years. My older sisters went to Catholic school, but I don't. I never. I never asked my mom like, "Why didn't I go?" You were just like, I don't know, "Just over it." I don't know if it cost money. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be like, on you. I went through the public system, start to finish. Um, and look at me now. Anyway, so yeah, she's, she's, uh, all the babies that are born, I guess this baby will have a specific birthmark. So she's waiting to find that baby and she does. Um, but the midwife that delivers the baby helps uh, the baby escape. Uh, she takes it. The mother has a fake baby hoodwinks. Old Queen Bab Morda, who's she's really good, the actress playing her. Yeah. She plays a evil queen pretty well. True Disney fashion. But she's even more she's more brutal, I guess, just by nature of the uh of her oh, quest yeah. to kill the child. I mean, but it's just the one like baby. The she doesn't of... kill all the babies, right? Uh we don't know. <laughs> just the one. It's just the one baby. <laughs> no luck catching those babies then. <laughs> Just the one, actually. <laughs> so, the uh, midwife is on the run, and the queen realizes she's been hoodwinked. The baby is gone. She sends these crazy-looking dogs and her daughter after uh, 
the baby. Her daughter's like a kind of a warrior archer. Uh, it's pretty badass. Sorsha. Which Sorsha Ronan? No. Uh. When they send out uh, Sorsha, like when they cut to the mountains and forests, first of all, like I forgot how gorgeous all the scenery is. In yeah. This, I think parts were shot in like Wales. Parts were shot in I think New Zealand. Um, but it, it's like all these gorgeous, lush like forests and waterfalls and mountainscapes. But I had when trouble. They play the... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say when they play the music and then they pop up the title of Willow, but they pop it up so fast that like. I looked up to take a note or, and I just saw like Willow. And then by the time I look back, it's gone. And I'm like, it's just like subliminal, like Willow, Willow, Willow. Um, did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see it? Um, <laughs> yeah, the, I had a, I had trouble telling if the scenes were like, were they matte paintings? But like, I mean, probably I think they look so real though. Like that, I mean, my yeah. point was I couldn't tell. I was like, if this is real, it's, if this is not real, it is very well done. It looks, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And if it is real, I need to go there. The mountain scenes I felt were, or like you could see the, the mountains in the background. I think those were matte paintings. But I You'll think they to... did um, go on location for most of it. Yeah, there's some stuff that's undeniably on location, but there, there's those montage like traveling scenes. I was like, which, what is, what of that is fake? I couldn't. It was hard to tell. If it was, it has been a yeah. lot of time just to get a one like uh, montage shot. Then they uh, they pulled it off. So also kudos to this midwife for on one day just deciding like, OK, I'll help you and steals the baby away to safety. But then when they cut to the midwife again, clearly time has passed because now it's not like a newborn baby. It's like <laughs> the baby has a full head of hair. And it's how long has she been taking care of this baby out in the woods? I was going to make a note of that, but I just think it's like, you know, they're not actually going to get a newborn baby for this. No mothers usually aren't going to agree to like, yeah, I just had a baby. You can use it. You can use it I mean, for three weeks. I was just really impressed that it's like, please help my baby. And then with just the clothes on her back, she takes off into the woods and it's like five months later. She's just surviving out there with this child. I guess oh. that could be the canon. That's your canon. That's fine. That's my truth. <laughs> Speak your truth. Did you notice the one of the lieutenants, Zorsha and um, the queen, he looked exactly like the wizard known as Tim? By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? Greetings, Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> Did he have the horns on his helmet or something? The only thing missing. But he had the uh, same uh, kind of look about him, the same wardrobe and like the same <laughs> facial hair. The beard. And, oh, wow. Yeah. I did not notice that. The only thing missing was the um, the horns on his head. Tim, bring me that baby. <laughs> um, those, uh, the dogs that they send out, well, the dogs that like she possesses, they're like wards. Like wolf dogs. Yeah, wolf like, dogs. They look yeah. great because I think they're literally just dogs in costumes, but it works very well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, like, they don't, there's not like a super, they don't have like robotic moving faces or anything. I think they're pretty just stationary, but the way they shoot it and for the amount of time they show it, like it, it looks good. And it's, it's a cool way that they did that. I apologize I mean, now because I'm going to say this a lot, but because of who made the movie, um, in Star Wars, they did something very similar with the Banthas 
in the original um, A New Hope, they took elephants and dressed them up in the same exact kind of costuming style. So it's a real-world creature that looks completely alien, or in this case, fantasy, but in reality, it's you can tell it's a real animal, and it, by doing it the way they did really helps pull off the effect, I thought. Yeah, that's one of the hardest things is animating movement believably and when you don't have to it's like this is real movement it's like in resident evil you know you know the like these dogs are dead or you know rather you know these dogs are alive in resident evil but the makeup is not that great and it just looks like the dog has you know prosthetics attached to it (laughs) in the the milijovich one Uh i I, I wouldn't remember that one the one, um, one, it, it's in one or two. I, I forget which one is which. It's been a long time. There is CGI in it, but they do also practical effects, and it doesn't look great. Uh, so the midwife, she's being pursued by the dogs. She comes to a stream, and she realizes she's not going to be able to outrun the pursuers, so she fashions a little crib bed out of moss and grass and mud and whatever. Just throws the baby on it and just sends her down the river. <laughs> she is really lucky that found a village. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, what are the alternatives? I, It goes back and then it gets killed anyway. You know, this last last ditch effort. But And she gets torn she, up. Like, it shows her getting yeah. bitten, by, bitten by the dogs and this room's like presumably well, like, killed. She puts the baby in there, pushes it off into the river and then she like grabs a staff or something i thought she's gonna like gonna try to fight these off and then immediately just they dog pile her and she just goes down it's like oh okay but it would have been great if she gets knocked down and then she watches in the distance and just see it like go down the falls (laughs) oh i thought it was further downstream (laughs) um yeah so the baby is safe for the moment uh, floating down the river and it catches on a riverbank in front of two children uh they're not hobbits they are n-e-l-w-y-n-s nilwins i had to i had to turn the subtitles on i'm like what is he saying i don't know what he's because willow refers <laughs> to their to what their people are called it helped nilwins. a lot in this movie they had there's a lot of made-up names in this that I definitely would have double-taked on how it was said or even spelt. Yeah, I had to. I watched the whole thing with subtitles just so I could write things down quickly. Um, but these, we don't know this yet, but these are Willow's children, Mims and Rannon. And they find the baby. They're like, his kids are like the cutest kids. I don't know. They're cute kids. I agree. They run back and find Willow, who is farming... And tell them that they found a baby. Uh, so the Willow goes to the river bank. And it's the first thought is like, throw that baby back in the river. <laughs> this is not my problem. We'll push it downstream and forget we ever saw it. Come on. I was like, wow, he makes this like immediate knee jerk decision to just kick the kid down the river and call it a day. We can't keep it. Put it back. <laughs> Papa, we found it. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now back to my telling. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. We just like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, he goes, Willow goes back. 
He, oh, he does bring the baby. Okay, they, they they convince him. So the kids convince him at least to bring to grab well, the baby from the river. So he doesn't grab the baby. He ends oh, up going hear. back because he ends up like arguing with the town goon. Because but why does he um, leave? Do they hear him? Oh, he's calling for him, right? Yeah, yeah. So he ends up finding Burgle. That's Cut. right. Yeah, they're the, they're arguing whether what to do with the baby, or he's telling his kids, he's arguing with his kids, and then uh, yeah, the town bastard. Um, prefect. Oh, he's a prefect. <laughs> That's, That's it. <laughs> prefect is this title, yeah. But he is the town bastard. Burgle cut. What a name. I refer to him as Poppycock or Bubble Butt throughout the notes. <laughs> but um, he's uh, wondering where Willow got these seeds because Willow runs back to see what he wants because he's the seed kingpin apparently. I saw the plant seeds around here. Now tell me where you got them. The seed must flow. Like, you know, there's other ways you can get seeds, you know. And the guy's just like, (laughs) okay. Witchcraft. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, how'd you get all these? I picked them up off the ground. (laughs) Impossible. I I think while uh, they're arguing, the kids get Willow's wife, their mother, Kaya, and she goes to the river and is like, Willow, like, we're taking this baby. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, and like, he's like, I will not be ignored. And then all of them just walk away from him. He's like, guys. <laughs> yeah. So she gets attached to the baby quickly. Um, she discovers the birthmark. Uh, they don't really think anything of it, but they just make note of it. And there, this is all happening right before a festival that's going on. Willow and the kids head for this sweet Ren fair. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it always seems on. so fun and lively. Like, this is what I would hope for in, like, a town fair of, like, live music going and people dancing. And it's just, like, the whole village has all these fun little, like, food things and whatnot. Yeah, it does and seem And the guy just fun. shreds a loop. That music, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, slap basing the Yeah, loop. and then it cuts back to him and he's just, like, power strumming. <laughs> <laughs> So at this festival, they mentioned in, in the kitchen in the scene prior that the what's his title? The High Alduin. I don't know what an Alduin is, but I think his name is Alduin. It says High Alduin, though, so that's like that's how they refer to him. No, that's well, I don't know what him. a, a Daikini <laughs> is either. So. <laughs> It's a man. It's a man bikini. It's a daikini. Hi, come on, Alduin. <laughs> the high Alduin is supposedly choosing. I guess maybe every year he's going to choose a magic apprentice. Um, <laughs> I wrote down here. Radagast the Brown. <laughs> uh, yeah, he could. He could. He could double for Radagast. I think when he's, he's sitting on the field. throne as he's getting carried in. When you first see him. Yeah, the litter. He looks different yeah. in close-ups, but at that first shot, not knowing who he was, like, is that, is that fucking Radagast? <laughs> yeah, so it's here we see that Willow himself is a magician, uh, at least uh, in a David Copperfield sense. Um, he's putting on a magic show for uh, the town. Um, I feel like that first trick he does is probably pretty easy to... <laughs> out. He puts like the can on his arm so you can't see his arm and then like shoves the stick through it. 
But there's a hole. I mean, you could have just moved his arm to the side, and like that's how the stick got through there. But you know, hey. simple folk are entertained. <laughs> <laughs> Real salt of the earth. You know. I mean his morons. his <laughs> yeah. his uh his disappearing pig trick was impressive at first. Like it was just he couldn't contain the pig. I think it would have went well if he just played it off rather than like getting oh, no. panic. My spell, it's yeah, broken. like comedy magic. Yeah, yeah, just like leans on the th- crate and's like, "It's a living." <laughs> I thought it was part of this the the whole show too until I realized that the, the, it wasn't supposed to escape. I think yeah, it would have been fine as long as Burglecut wasn't front and center there, because as soon as it happened, he's like, "Oh, he's a fraud." It's like, "Oh, you thought he was really magic." Burgle yeah, like you just f- asked him how he got those seeds. He's like the stupid hecklers from the Muppets. Every single time he tried to do something <laughs> fun, here comes uh, uh, Burgle Cut. Statler and Waldorf. To, uh, Scuttlebutt. Yep. Scuttlebutt. Um, he's mainly short, on... I loved it! <laughs> he's mainly on Willow's ass the whole time. Like it's He doesn't really give anybody else as much shit as him. So... The High Alduin, yeah, makes his entrance on the... Is it called a litter? Or what's the thing called? Like the bed that the four guys carry. The person just sits on it. I don't know why the word litter is coming to my head, but... I don't know what the actual name for that litter is. Litter is more like just the collection of it's your like a posse. mobile throne? Yeah. yeah. Whatever that's called. This is Dean just chiming in to say, I was right. It's called a litter. Back to the show. Alwyn comes in and asks for the this year's hopefuls to come up and take the test to see who's going to be the apprentice, which is just, he holds his hand out and is like, which finger has the power to control the world? And Willow has an unfair advantage because he goes laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy chooses... Because he doesn't the- reset in between. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the guy chooses a pointer, the guy chooses the middle finger, and Willow chooses something, I don't the pinky, or the ring finger. And he's like, No apprentice this year! I would have picked the thumb. That would have been me. We all would have been wrong. I would have done it with <laughs> confidence, though. Willow just throws <laughs> finger guns out. <laughs> he just cuts his finger off, like, I have the power. <laughs> I'm the Alduin now. Um, Willow blows it, but before long, (laughs) look at me. I have the finger now. Willow blows it. And the doggy creatures attack. Well, just one of them. One of the dog creatures, boom, surprise, rushes in and immediately starts tearing up cribs. Like he he knows where babies are. Um... (laughs) He goes to attack a crib, and the uh, town warriors... Uh, what's his name? Van- Vankar? Oh, Vankar. Vankar. Yeah. Vankar and his... Uh, and uh, His like, town guard. What's Cox? Cox, Cox. Tony Cox? <laughs> Tony Cox. <laughs> they come in with their spears and, and stab it to death. Yeah, they actually are a pretty good unit. Yeah. Like, it comes through, it damages a couple things, and then they just kind of like get on it, circle it, and kill it. Yeah. They take it down. I want to see, like, how many warriors? I want to see, a, do they battle other uh, Nelwins in the in the land? I want to, I want to see their fights. <laughs> <laughs> Nelwin Fight Club? 
want to see a, mel- a massive Nell win the battle someday. Which maybe in the new Willow show. I also like. I have a side note here from seeing um, Billy Barty as High Aldwin. I want to see like a magic team up movie of the High Aldwin, like Egg Shen from Big Trouble Little China, and like Doctor Bank <laughs> from Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't remember Doctor Bank. I remember I the big is beard, a, big beard. Is that a specific episode? He was in like I'd assume so. A couple of them. I don't remember. He's a recurring character. A lot of how I, how um, are you afraid of the dark is still in my childhood. I don't. There's no outlet to watch it. Tim just has a great memory. So the dog is attacking. Um, it's kind of like pandemonium. Everybody's panicking, and except for the the warriors. But his daughter Mims is like really crying, and I'm like, what did they do to? Because like, she seems pretty young, but I don't know how old she really is. But she's like terrified crying i'm like what did they do to get her to do that i think between takes george told her about a fourth indiana jones movie he was planning (laughs) you get to see what indiana jones was like as a little kid don't ruin your legacy (laughs) um yeah willow scoops her up while they uh while yeah they stab the dog to death and Bank Mankar is like he was looking for somebody's baby. It's like a sophisticated dog. Everybody hide your baby. So that freaks Willow out. He runs home to check on the baby who's with the wife, and it's all quiet, it's all safe and sound. I like how in the beginning too, he's like, We're not going to give up the baby because all we know is I'm gonna bring it in and then everyone's gonna blame me because Oh, the, all this bad luck, it's like, I'm going to be the cause for the omen. And then the second all that shit happens, he rushes back home, sees everything's okay. And he's like, yeah, we're getting rid of this thing now. <laughs> Which also, Fuck he's this. not wrong. It's pretty yeah. much like, <gasps> Willow. But I had a laugh out loud moment because after he collects the child again, this whole town has like a town meeting to discuss the events. He walks in and just as he's walking in, the whole the whole town is screaming basically to. And he walks in, hears that, and he pretty much just turns to me. He knows out immediately. I immediately thought of, like, the Simpsons when Grandpa walks into the bar and then does the 180, grabs his hat, and yeah, walks the back strip out. club. Yeah. It's like, we must find the culprit and throw him in the pit. In the pit. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's the next scene after this. And um, uh, what makes him turn around? They just see him leaving, and they're like... Yeah, fucking. Or he just like um, has the musters the courage for. Uh, yeah, Uncar plot the, sees him and yeah, like hey. <laughs> um, so High Aldwin sees the baby and it's like it's a Daikini child. Daikinis are just we find out are the human regular human people of this world. Um, I mean all the I didn't, we didn't mention this, but all all the Elwins are played by little people. Um, it's not like Frodo or and Sam where they're. Uh, yeah, not like in camera and perspective. Yeah, there's no trickery. Yeah. These are like Warwick Davis, as everybody knows, is a little person. So it's a whole town. Um, that's just just for some perspective. Um, so yeah, they know right away that it's it's not one of their children. That's when they first find it. And the Alwyn's like, "Yeah, this is a Daikini child." Poppycock. 
I mean, Scuttle, what's his name? Bubble Butt. He nominates Willow, the town bastard. (laughs) He's like trying to put it all on Willow to return this child, like go and find the first Daikini person and just give the baby back. And so we can uh, get rid of this problem because they're obviously looking for it. Don't want to have the town be attacked anymore. I like how Aldwin, so like after uh, Burglecott, Throws him under the bus and is like, yep, it should be his job. He should be the one that goes out. Aldwin's like, oh, we have to consult the bones. And then, like, rolls the bones. <laughs> yeah. But then he, like, leans in close to Willow and is like, the bones say nothing. And then pretty much just asks him, like, hey, are, would you be willing to do this? And he's like, okay, the bones tell me Willow's going. Yeah, I, yeah, I have that noted, too. Which he's shown multiple times that it's like, no, Aldwin knows magic. So I feel like this wasn't like, oh, the bones tell me nothing. It was he doesn't want to do anything without Willow having input on it, which I like. That was nice. Leading up to that moment, though, I didn't know if he knew magic or if magic existed in this world. Because he kept saying all this magical stuff, but nothing magic has happened yet at that point in time. Because, yeah, he did the the disappearing pig trick, but it wasn't like the pig vanished to the other side of the room. It could have been a really clever sleight of hand and just snuck the pig under the table. Yeah. So when he throws the apple into the air and the bird shows up, I'm like, oh, he the guy actually does know magic. Okay. I think uh, Aldwin's full of shit, personally. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, he I, the bones tell me nothing. Finger. Like Willow, what do you think? He's like, oh, the bones have spoken. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> also, he Willow knows magic. Changes. Why didn't he help against the wolf dog? <laughs> yeah, he could have turned it into a pile of goo. I'm on break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wand broke. Oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> The dog ate my wand. I need a Willow- long rest. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Willow changes tune quickly, though, like from throw the baby into the river to like, yes, I have love for this child. <laughs> um, when Aldwin asks him point blank. Um, and then we form the Fellowship of the Ring. So be it. You shall be the Fellowship of the Baby! I will take it. I will take this child to the humans. I don't know who uh, Town Bastard plays in the Fellowship. He's a, he's a new character. Uh, he would be uh, what's his name? Boromir. Boromir, Baron? I guess. Closest. Boromir. <laughs> Sean Bean. He's the most skeptical. Yeah, he's the most skeptical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Burgle cut just like taking down guys in a field before they fire twelve arrows into him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never find those seeds now, will I? <laughs> Um, Migosh speaks up uh, a random townsperson who I think we've kind of seen shots of during the scene, but we don't really know their history together, but just well, assume they're friends. I think earlier in the movie, um, Willow and Migosh like chat for a bit. Do they? Or he like says something because I know there was some indication that they were friends, and then that's hmm. when he volunteers here. Hmm. So, yeah, Migosh is part of the Fellowship of Ankar, the head of their little militia there. <laughs> and his uh, couple of warriors, they all set out. Well, they're they're the ones who are going to set out. Um, oh, I'll, so, oh, I was going to say, 
Because Von Carr volunteers and then Burkle Cut's like, No, not Von Carr. He's the best warrior in the village. We need him here. Von Carr, step back. And then they're like, and the last person is Burkle Cut. And he's like, oh, you're coming with me. <laughs> um, I wrote um, in my notes at this point, I can't wait for him to get his cup up, come up and... <laughs> he never really does. I I, I think he bit. took the He doesn't the die, biff. but... Yeah, he took the Biff route and <laughs> get getting slaughtered. his. That's a good way to put it, Biff, yeah. Um, so they form his fellowship. Aldwin pulls Willow aside and says he's got some magic acorns. Or Yeah. <laughs> and if he plants them, they'll grow into a beanstalk. Um, no, <laughs> it sounds Sorry, creepy when you say it. I've got these magic acorns. <laughs> well, I was just like, cut this part out, but... All I can think of is I've got these magic nuts. <laughs> what? Do hey, you here now? in my hand. It's kind of like Splinter coming. Like where's Splinter? He's been up on the roof ever since he saw your report. Really? Doing what? Coming <gasps> to a decision. Willow, grab my nuts, huh? Right here in my hand. <laughs> oh, They'll turn you into stone. Sure they will. <laughs> Which I get ones? you rock hard. <laughs> These? <laughs> I heard you've been having some trouble with Kyra. Um. <laughs> Grind it into a powder and sniff it. <laughs> if you bake it in the oven, you can cut it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he gives Willow these acorns, which if he claims, if thrown at somebody, it will turn them into stone. Um, so that's just a plant for later when he actually uses them. Because um, when they're chatting, um, Aldwin also talks about the the wizard test that he did before, and Willow tells him like my original instinct was to not choose any of your fingers and to choose mine. And he's oh, like, Oh yeah, that's right. You, well, you would have been right. <laughs> Here's these acorns. So long. Yeah. So that just plants the idea that oh, Willow does have what it takes to not just do illusions and. David Blaine magic. I could do real magic. I'll make Gandalf this pig magic. disappear, and then I'll remain in this crate for 14 days without air. Willow, how is this magic? <laughs> um, he uh, has his goodbye moment with his wife, who cuts off her hair, puts it in a pony, well, braid, um, which... I guess it's sweet, but it's also kind of weird at the same time, like just walking around with hair. But I guess it's just, you know. I thought it was I mean, sweet. Yeah. It's a different time period. So right. it's a very That's romantic, what I was say. Yes. chivalrous kind of like, like old mentality of. Like, yes. To me, than today it's weird, but I'm like, I, I, I forgive it because it's just, that's what else are they going to do? And it's adorable. Uh, his children being like, we'll come with you. We'll yeah. carry your spare. And I think this is when they set it up that they're like, all, they're naming all the creatures he can come across. And they're like, what about trolls? Trolls that'll skin you alive and take your face off? Random. I was like, oh, I hate trolls. You know, I hate trolls. <laughs> um, I forgot what the trolls look like. We'll get to those later on. But one Took period, I was like, oh, shit. Is this Land of the Lost? I, um, I saw Chewbacca with bad, um, with like, but the, with acne, with a different mask. <laughs> a leper. Um. The high Aldwin pulls out uh, a rock and throws it up in the air, and he's like, "Follow the bird." <laughs> <laughs> this is also why I thought Aldwin was bullshit because. Twatha, the Cothrock. Twatha, 
Go in the direction the bird is flying. <laughs> it's going back to the village. Ignore the bird. Follow the river. <laughs> we can head home. <laughs> it had like Monty Python vibes like, yeah, every now yeah, and then. That part did really it, for sure. And it just really didn't fit the rest of the tone of the movie, but it was a welcome surprise. Because <laughs> yeah, that funny. was a very loud laugh out loud moment for me because it's just not expected. <laughs> Ignore the bird, follow the river. <laughs> so I wanted to say at this point that Willow is better than Frodo. Just for the fact that Sam and Frodo, all they had to give up when they went on the adventure was, oh man, we have to give up this single lifestyle here of not doing anything. Willow, he provides hey, Sam for his was family. A he has to leave like his wife and kids. It's like he has stuff to lose going on this thing. But that doesn't mean he's better. Yeah, he's better. <laughs> Frodo would have given all that day. shit up too. Willow off good is better than Samwise and Frodo. <laughs> Well, Frodo also had like 25 years to sit on the ring before Gandalf came back. In the book, yeah. Yeah. Because amazingly enough, it's a long-ass time passes between Gandalf handing him the ring in the envelope to him coming back like, is it secret? Is it safe? It's yeah, like when 20, he goes to 30 find years. Gollum and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so it's not like, was... here's the ring and then they take off on the adventure in the book. It's just like, here's the ring. Uh, I'll be back. Yeah, and then just leaves him for. Yep, he has wow. to go. Yeah, he has to do a bunch of research and shit. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's like there's no buses. He has to ride a horse. <laughs> I mean, I would say rent property in town. Like, why? <laughs> anyway, the journey begins, and here's some, and we get some of the a little montage here of some of these nice little landscape shots. Um, really nice lighting. Almost, it looks. I think it's because it's so nice. It looks like a painting. That's why I'm like, wait, is there a mat in there? But there's like real waterfalls, and it looks great. Yeah, there's enough it's real stuff in there that even if they are using mats, they blend well enough that you can't really tell the difference. Right. And I feel this was the peak of using matte paintings for backgrounds in movies. Yeah, This was just before CGI really started to take over in that department, and I feel this one really nailed it. Some of the special effects I thought still held up. Yeah, for sure. At least on the Disney Plus version of the movie. Um, I and agree. Then we'll get others, to a... Okay. Well, uh, others obviously didn't age too well, but the, uh, the matte paintings especially were one of the prime showcases where a lot of it just looked gorgeous. You know, they yeah. had that um, fantasy kind of surreal feel to it. It reminded me of like the the Lord of the Rings montage when the Fellowship leaves Rivendell, and just seeing the grandiose environment that they're traveling through was always a really cool thing to see. Bum, bum, ba, ba, bum. There's a little quick moment here where their Willow stops them because the baby is crying and he senses that she's not feeling well <laughs> it's just like a quick scene uh burgle cut's giving him shit for stopping but willow he, he picks up the baby and she vomits in his face like projectile just splats in his face that's his first like little uh come up and said he gets literally <laughs> come up out of my belly 
And then we cut uh, back to the Queen's Castle. Queen Bavmorda, her general Kale, with the Shao Kahn mask, <laughs> skull face, uh, is returning. And he said he's destroyed a castle, uh, which we'll hear more about later. But uh, she is like, great, my freaking idiot daughter needs help. Finding this baby. She doesn't say idiot. She doesn't really denounce her daughter. She just, can you please help <laughs> anything, my daughter she find talks this baby? her up. Yeah, she does. Her advisor is like, dear queen, someday your daughter right. will betray you. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> Which <laughs> she's an angel. Don't say a word. I guess it's like, oh, it's because her daughter, she doesn't believe him. But at the same time, she's like, oh, this prophecy. I'm going to, I have to find this baby and kill yeah. it. Like, wait, could we not believe in this other little thing he's telling you? At least keep an eye on her. But uh, yeah, you're right. She's like, my daughter wouldn't do that. Not and then, my and surprised, super shot. Surprised Pikachu face later on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want one scene of that one advisor being like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a quick scene just to so we see that General Kale is uh, on the hunt. Well originally when she was denying help being like i don't need him i can do this on my own and they kept talking about how it's been so long and she hasn't found the baby i thought because i hadn't seen this since i was a kid i thought she was asking to not get help because she's purposely failing at finding the baby this whole Uh, time but then it's like oh wait no she she's completely on board with all this she hasn't switched sides it's just she wants to do it on her own yeah I don't need no man. Um, and she doesn't. We find that later on. But It's actually the name of this chapter <laughs> on the DVD. Uh, so we cut back to the Fellowship and uh, pretty much showing the riders and some dogs catching up with them. They hide in the bushes a la hiding from ring wraiths. I, I mean, shot for shot, Willow's a better Fellowship of the Ring. I think Jackson stole from Willow. Um, especially these panorama honestly, shots. Honestly, like uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings was an established IP well before Willow and Lord of the Rings, the movies, obviously, you know, there's a huge foundation the movies were built off of, but dude, there are a lot of similarities to Lord of the Rings that were a little too uncanny. <laughs> Which I feel like makes sense in terms of if Peter Jackson grew up liking like Lord of the Rings or something, he would probably have seen Willow. Maybe, but it's a case of like he enjoyed it, and it's that's his way of doing like homage of certain things like that, or maybe it just like bleeds into the subconscious. Also, parts of it were shot in New Zealand, so I wonder if that was like that's he's I'm from, not surprised. He's from New Zealand. It's beautiful, um, right? Yeah, uh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said, um, you know, when you when you read a book you take your current surroundings and apply them to the location and settings. And when he grew up reading Lord of the Rings, he would look around and he would see New Zealand as Middle Earth. And then when it came time to actually directing it, he felt there was no better place because he fucking lived there. And it translated perfectly into film. He was goddamn right. Which they must have thought the same thing with Willow, seen as they shot some of it there. Yeah, it's beautiful. See, they hide in the bushes and dodge the riders. There's not much danger there. They just, the, they speed off. And yeah, we get some more of those beautiful shots. And then they arrive at what is known as the crossroads. They say that out loud. They sell their like soul the, for a guitar. 
<laughs> Seems like the edge of their. Wait, what is the. Wait, what? You never. The Tale of the Crossroads? No. Um, I forgot what artists supposedly. Like, the whole tale of you go to the crossroads, you make a deal with the devil that he sold his soul for, like, becoming really good at the guitar. Gotcha. Guitars. Is this where the devil went down the Georgia comes from? Based uh, on? No. Okay. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> the crossroads. Tale. The crossroads <laughs> seems to be like it's the edge of their known lands, or where they, you know, it's literally the crossroads where the daikinis, those yep. pesky men live. Um, and it's also literally where they their roads cross. There's right? a road crossing. Yeah. And there's uh, a jail or i don't know what you would call it just a freaking cage cage there <laughs> kind of like where you'd go and like crucify or just stake somebody to the ground as a warning or punishment or something um there's a couple cages just kind of hanging there and they don't notice that uh, a man is inside of one of them <laughs> a couple cages nick and johnny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh a guy grabs willow we don't know him in the his name is mad mardigan Played by Val Kilmer. But Willow backs up to this cage and he starts to strangle him. Give me some water, Peck. Or you'll die. Do you understand? Water. Pretty much a dickhead to them. Calling them out and said, should have called this movie Peck. That's like the subtitle. Willow, colon, Peck. Like, Um, I thought... It was just like something he was doing and then literally everybody in the movie. So I, I'm assuming yeah. just Peck is like just like a derogatory term in their oh, universe. Oh, yeah. Right. I didn't Google it, but I'm like, that's the movie just made that up. So I think it's okay to say. <laughs> I think. Oh, Google it. <laughs> Start to Google. <laughs> like that because that because that would be extreme to use that, a word if it was really that offensive. Like I think they just made that offensive to the the race of small people in the movie. Yeah, I'm just gonna say peck, 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 peck. peck. Um. So, according to the Willow Wiki, peck was a derogatory slang term used by Daikinis to refer to the Nelwyn right. because peck originally referred to a small unit of volume. That's yeah. That's what, That's where, how I yeah. took it. A peck of seeds. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's the derogatory name that uh, Mad Mardigan and everybody seems to use for the Nelwyn, uh, Willow's people. I wonder um, if the Nelwyn had any <laughs> for the Daikinis. Yeah, what's the opposite? What's, I want to hear that one. So, yeah, Mad Mardigan grabs Willow, demands water, just being an overall asshole. <laughs> and Burglecut's like, hey, here's a Daikini. He's in a cage, but <laughs> hey, we found one. Like, let's give him the baby and let's go home. I like how the baby is like instantly amused by Med Mardigan, and that's when Burglecut's just like, "Ah, uh, here you go. You want a baby?" <laughs> um, Willow's like challenging Burglecut, like this is bullshit. Like he's locked up. We're not giving the baby to a criminal. You should have used one of his acorns right there. <laughs> yeah, threw it at Burglecut. <laughs> We're far outside of town here, Burglecut. He just turns him to stone. Nobody say nothing. Or you want to become stone too. I got one more nut. Make you disappear under this table like that pig. <laughs> In Bubble Butt's eyes, like, they're done. Like, they found somebody 
I'm like, Willow, you can, we're going home. Like, take the baby. You can either do this or not, but our hands are clean. And, uh, I guess he's the prefect and he, they can't argue with him. So I remember this group staying together much longer when I saw it as a child. Yeah. Like I thought it was like, oh yeah, like a fair amount of the movie is them like getting through things and whatnot. It's like, no, it's, they (laughs) get to the crossroads and they just dip. They come to a crossroads. We don't see them until the like metal ceremony. Yeah. So in, um, so, some of my, in some of my research behind the movie, I literally finished this with maybe 20 minutes to spare before recording. So I couldn't really Google too much and forgive my silence. But some of my own questions I'm looking up as we're discussing, because I don't want to bring up talking points if I have no ground to stand on. I do that too. Oh, you found the slur for Dakinis? <laughs> <laughs> Number three will shock you. Um, <laughs> top three, top ten Daikini slurs. <laughs> um, one of the things brought up is how some people compare this to like a condensed version of The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings. So it would make sense that they would depart and break up the fellowship so quickly, considering that this is just one movie instead of span across three. True. If it was any longer, then they probably. So essentially, would've... this would be like as if like they're getting to the end of the first because i thought it was kind of bullshit too like yeah i know you want to dump this and kind of move on but the dude's literally in a cage and you have no intention of breaking him free why why what you're literally putting the baby to a like a death sentence by just doing it that way here uh do me a quick favor can you watch this baby die while it also watches you die thank you (laughs) it's like a race oh and don't eat the baby (laughs) to keep yourself from to keep living um, from from that cage where you are. <laughs> well, we'll put them in your hands. So it depends on how long you can hold the baby. Sticking your hands through the cage. But yeah, this is like the Fellowship. If Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas just like, yeah, I'm <laughs> just, going home. <laughs> I mean, the ring's kind of close to that mountain. That's fine. Well, we'll meet you back in town. <laughs> we didn't get paid enough for to keep. We going. got you through the mines of Moria. We're gonna head out. They would have left after the first inconvenience when the fucking ravens would have shown up. That's when it would have been like, all right, that's it. I'm done. Just imagine if Aragorn uh, at the end of the Prancing Pony just looks over and sees the ring right stabbing at the... It's like, well, I'm not dealing with this anymore. They're coming quick. Hide off the road. Not me. I'm good. Just keeps walking. Um... Yeah, so they break up the fellowship, and just Migash and Willow are left with the baby, and Madame Mardigan's pleas for them to uh, let him out of his cage. I love that Willow takes out one of his eight, uh, you know, magic stone stones, and like, Scott, turn you into stone. Ooh, I'm really scared. No, don't, don't! There's a, a pack here with an acorn pointed at me! <laughs> It was just a good, uh, good sarcastic line. Uh, you know, it's the sun's going down, so they camp there for the night next to Mad Mardigan. I don't know if anything really happens at that point. What happens at night? I mean, just cuts to the next day pretty quick. Yeah, because that's when Willow finally kind of caves and decides to give him a cup of water <laughs> before he hands <laughs> it to this. him. He hears the army coming and he sees and he just like scrambles to get away and like drops the cup in front of him. He's like licking his fingers trying to get any water he can. 
yeah those riders come by like he will nearly gets clipped those lone riders and them they just don't even pay him any attention madam Mardigan does the whole like <laughs> the next day he's like trying the nice guy routine like hey what's your name where where are you from morning boys rough night last night wasn't it i don't think i introduced myself yesterday my name is Mad Mardigan, and you are, uh... No, me, Gus. Don't go near him. He's dangerous. That army comes through. Mad Mardigan realizes, uh, recognizes somebody that Willow's trying to plead with to get, uh, take the baby. His name's <laughs> Eric. I thought his name was Eric, but it's A-I-R-K, Eric. Yeah, it's like a Eric. Eric. Um, yeah, Willow was like, oh, please, like, take the baby. We need to get it to a Daikani. He was like... Going into battle, little ones. Find a woman to take care of her. You thought you were a woman, Eric. <laughs> and it's like, and then they have like a you son of a bitch moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if Arnold was in a cage. <laughs> they Eric. clap hands and then he's like, okay, well, see ya. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's like, oh, Eric recognizes Man Mardigan. They have a little, you know, ribbing moment. <laughs> Man Mardigan! What'd you do this time? Nothing you wouldn't have done in my place. <laughs> I always knew you'd end up in a crow's cage. Well, at least I'm not down there herding sheep. Yeah, like their reaction to each other. I thought it was more like a friendly rivalry of, oh, you're crazy. It's nice to see you again. And then it's like, get me free. He's like, oh, no, 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 you can you can rot in that cage. <laughs> He's like, I serve the king like you serve no one. You can rot in your coffin. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that was Kurt. Did they ever go over why he was in the cage? No. I wish they did. Eric later mentioned, says, like, you're a thief. Yeah, he might have been caught thieving. But it's like, when he shows us how good he is with a sword, it's like, how can you not find some way to make money that doesn't involve you being a thief, if that's a case? Like, enter a competition, something. Well, I guess we do find out, yeah, he's just like a smooth, he's like a grifter swindler, I guess. Um, he's very Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So the army leaves and pretty much leaves Willow with no choice but to uh, let Mad Mardigan out and give them some help. After, especially after he gives him these like fake sappy speeches about how much he wants to take care of the baby. It's like, I know women. I know some women that can take care of the baby. <laughs> like he immediately proceeds to show he's the most questionable guardian. He's like, oh, thank you. And he like takes the baby and throws it straight up in the air. <laughs> I love how as soon as he gets out, he roll, he does a somersault on the ground and like picks up Migosh and is like tossing him around. <laughs> I love this era of Val Kilmer. Yes. Like he, I'm surprised we didn't get more movies of him having like a, a fantasy adventure, like an adventure role. Because I know he had a couple things, but the, for the most part, it's like I feel like we missed out an entire string of movies that would have made use of this era Val Kilmer. I don't know if it's just because he's historically was difficult to work with during the time or if he just wanted to try other things. A little of both, maybe. I actually got this movie and the one with Tom Cruise mixed up. I wasn't sure who was in Legend? Which. Ooh, yeah. that might be on my list this year. More fantasy. After watching this, I remembered how much I liked it and I'm like, now it's just going to be like a fantasy kick. If you guys end up seeing like... Uh, medieval fantasy of like uh was it legend lady hawk and army of darkness this year you have to willow to blame i'm down for it 
Although Tim's Tim Curry scared the shit out of me as a kid in Legend, like holy shit, is he scary looking? Oh yeah, um, amazing makeup on him. Yes, it is. It's I was like I couldn't believe. I think like, he was amazing funny, as Pennywise, but that's right. what I think of first sometimes in terms of like good Tim Curry makeup. I kind of want to hear his voice in Legend, like unaffect, unprocessed. Just hear him talking. <laughs> that's that. I want them to swap the creature. voice of him as the Butler in Clue with him as the <laughs> Lord of Darkness in Legend. <laughs> and what is it you do? I'm the Butler. I bottle. <laughs> So Mad Mardigan is free, and they, they, I guess they think their journey is done. Even though Willow seems pretty uh, uneasy about the whole thing, uh, Mad Mardigan does seem somewhat sincere, and it's not like he just runs away. He does take the baby. He could have just like ran, ran, ran away. I guess. I don't know what nefarious things he could sell the baby. I don't know, but he has that um, that lovable scoundrel aspect yes yeah because even as the viewer i knew the guy was a scoundrel but he was basically a medieval version of han because yeah you know he's kind of a grifter but you can tell that he wasn't malicious in any way and he was going to look out for the baby just you know on his own terms like he was probably intending to get to a town that has somebody that could take care of the baby and then just pawn them off and leave right yeah but not um, like chuck the baby over his shoulder as he's running into the distance <laughs> <laughs> thanks peck bye punt um <laughs> puts it in another boat sends it downstream again kick the baby it worked the first time don't kick the baby kick the baby <laughs> um yeah, I mean, he doesn't. He gets out and doesn't start attacking them. He like has a bit of fun. He just you could tell he was just saying anything he could to get out of the cage. Which who wouldn't at that point? So uh, Willow makes a promise. He's gonna take care of the baby, and they part ways. And just two minutes later, <laughs> um, they uh, w- Migosh is. They're excited to go home. They're like, "Oh, we'll be heroes." They're going to sing songs about us. And just at that moment, (laughs) the baby comes flying back overhead, carried by a hawk that is piloted by a tiny man, (laughs) which we realize is called a brownie. They're brownies, these little four-inch tall people. They're like Gulliver's Travels people. What what were they called? I don't know. Lilliputians from the (laughs) village of Lilliput? Yes. Exactly like that. Um, it's just funny to see the babies just being carried by a hawk, and you can hear the little guy. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I stole the baby! I stole the baby! <laughs> yeah! So, I had forgotten about the brownies until I rewatched this movie. Really? And as soon as they showed up, I was like, oh, that's right. I <laughs> hate the brownies. <laughs> really? This was the moment in the movie where I wasn't sure if I was liking it yet or not. I was I was enjoying it quite a bit. And this is the moment that sold it for me. Like this is where was this all my life? I'm amazed it's always been on the outskirts of it. 
this was the part for me that I was like, oh my God, like this is where we end up having to add these two chuckleheads to the party for the rest of the film. <laughs> it's Marion Pippin. I didn't like Marion Pippin. You don't oh, like the that's... Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, I think the brownies are hit and miss. I, I like, I, I'm in the middle ground between you guys. Um, some of the lines had me, their interaction with Madame Mardigan, I think is the best stuff that yeah, they do. The, the village of brownies, I didn't care so much about. I could take them or leave them. But when they were just the two of them, it's just the chemistry that the two of them had together. What were their names? It was Rank Gene and Rule. Rule and, uh, and Frangine. yeah. Yeah, Kevin My, Pollock and... Um, Deep Roy? Victor. <laughs> uh, it looked like the Deep other Roy. Guys. Was it? No, it's not. No, no. Kevin Pollock is pretty recognizable. Uh, you'd know who he was, Nick, if you saw uh, Rick him. Overton. Yeah, Rick Overton. Rick Orton. Orton? Overton. Um, so, yeah, Rick Orton's frang- Frangine uh, character is flying his hawk that is carrying the baby they just left with Mad Mardigan, like, not moments ago, it seems. I mean, it's probably flash forward, like, you know, 20 minutes or something. Um, and so they chase after it. Uh, and all these other brownies come out of the woodwork, literal woods, and start firing their tiny arrows at them. They're getting lit the fuck up by these. I did laugh when they're getting everywhere. shot with the arrows, and it's not like, oh, it's just like, ah. yeah, <laughs> son of a bitch, <laughs> like bee stings. In true Gulliver fashion, they uh, they corral them into like a pit. Um, they're like, what are we gonna do? Like, just run away. They're tiny people. But then they they uh, <laughs> trap them in a in a hole covered by then they leaves. all combine like Voltron. <laughs> it's like the Clive Barker story was like in the hills, their cities or whatever it is. All the people chop. like lash themselves together as a giant creature. They turn into a big sword and just chop their heads off. <laughs> um, they uh, tie them up on the ground and. The uh, they see, there's a strange light in the sky that seemed to be commanding the brownies, and it descends down to where Migosh and Willow are tied up, and starts to speak to them, and it turns into a Galadriel, Galadriel woman, <laughs> a lady. <laughs> but on on Endor, all that glitters is gold. Um, yeah, on Endor, those trees. Her name I have written down. Shillen. Where is it? I wrote it down like 50 times. Names are hard to remember in here. Um, Shillandria. Shillandria. Cher. Cher. Cher the elf woman. No, we don't. she's not an elf. She's just kind of like a powerful being that doesn't really have an explanation. Yeah, I saw it as just kind of like a, a nature spirit of some sort. Uh, she comes down and yeah gives a very galadriel like presence and like ends up giving a mission to them but uh her effects were pretty cool uh she looked pretty good coming down from the sky and being like a transparent spirit wood woman but she's all in white so she's she gives a lot of authority just because of her presentation um but she's very nice and pleasant she apparently can communicate with the baby and the baby has told her her name is Elora Dannon. And her, I mean, her, she's essentially the prophecies that she'll become queen one day and kick, uh, 
Bevmora out of her throne and reign of terror. She, you know, tells them that uh, the baby is very fond of Willow, thinks he would be a good guardian for her. They now have this kind of new mission, which is to get her to uh, a castle called Tirkneel, or sorry, Tir Aslin, which, you know, they're just, it's another fantasy name. <laughs> Subtitles on, very useful. <laughs> T-I-R you kind of need them through this movie. What, yeah, yeah, you really do. Um, she, yeah, gives him this quest and gives him, uh, his first really kind of, first he needs to find out this sorceress named Razelle and gives her the wand that Razelle needs to, uh, to wield. Which it's interesting that it's not a case of you're the one who needs to do this, Willow, like you're the one who needs to go like fight the woman. It's no, there's another wizard who is the one who actually needs to go fight her. Your job is to keep the baby alive and bring this wand to the person who will do this. It's that, interesting seeing the hero of the story not be like, you're the prophesized one to do all this. It's no, your job is to be the courier to bring this to the actual hero who will take care of this. <laughs> we like you, Willow, but... It's just nice for a change to see that rather than like, oh, did they'll show like a cave wall and it'll be like, it was always you, Willow. You're the one to do this. It's like, <laughs> no, you're not the you're the main character of your story. You're not the main character of this world's story. But then he turns out to like really step up. Well, I yeah, mean, you it, know, is, give, it, it is different. Give him some slack. It's not like this is the first time George Lucas ever made a story about a farm boy, you know, <laughs> rising up on a <laughs> hero's call for adventure and being the one to save the day. You know, being guided by a mysterious sorcerer and <laughs> coming uh, people. close friends with a scoundrel type, all the while escorting a princess. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Until you say it that way. Um, At least uh, Willow's family didn't get burnt to a crisp. That would have been really brutal. Bev Mora tells the General Shao God, like, no disintegrations. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great point, Nick. Um, <laughs> Migosh, uh, go back and tell my mother, or my uh, wife, I love her. The whole place is burnt to the ground. Shalandria says, you know, she can, you know, I, obviously Alora is more conscious than they realize. So she says she saw you pick your nose. <laughs> Don't do that. What else did you see, Alora? <laughs> we have to silence this baby. <laughs> she knows too much. The ritual must be completed. <laughs> So yeah, Willow's supposed to go to Tira's Lean, where there will be a, a new good king and queen that will take care of this uh, prophesized baby and raise her up. Which, if there is, we never see them. Never see them. <laughs> we can assume who they might be, but they really don't hint at that at all. It's kind of like I, I was expecting the after the final battle for them to like come out of the woodwork and be like, "Oh, uh, yes, we really did it here. Thank you." In 1995, Lucas made a sequel book to the movie. Really? Mm -hmm. Shit! And he I don't have to read the that. story. 
Damn I it. didn't look at all into it, but um, it does mention that. I don't, because with the show that's being made, I don't know if it's going to take that book into account. That's a good, yeah, I had that thought when you said that. I wonder if it'll base anything on that book. Yeah, I, I know don't have to read about that. It, but... Yeah, it's oh, interesting. Um, story by George and some other guy. And then evidently, <laughs> so, like, I'm reading this as well now, like, Lucas set up the the storyline or like did the the beats for a trilogy called the chronicles of the shadow war and then chris claremont who did um x-men during like the the 80s and whatnot the big claremont run he ended up adapting them into a trilogy of books that evidently take place after this movie and features alora as a teenager as the main character yeah, he intended to make a trilogy of movies, but Willow did not do well. I think all like it's box office wise, it didn't do bad, but I think everybody's expecting it to be like, this is going to be our next E.T. or this is going to be like our next whatever. So when it doesn't hit that, they're like, we missed the mark. It failed. It's like, well, not really. It's just if you were expecting this to be like one hundred and fifty million dollars and it comes at it like seventy five. So. The morning after they uh, get their new mission, Willow <laughs> throws a curveball. He goes to Migosh and it's like, it's time to go home. And like, I don't know what Migosh assumes. Like, he's like, oh yeah, let's go home because he just got this mission. Um, <laughs> but Willow's like, you know, tell my wife and kids that I love them and miss them. And he's like, oh shit, you're going to do this by yourself. And this is where I wrote, like, Migosh, there's no Samwise Gamgee here. He's just like, well, good luck. Some friend. Well, Sam Sam went along because he was ordered to. And Sam is just very superstitious that he's going to be turned into, like, a frog or something if he disobeyed Gandalf's (laughs) orders. Yeah, but there was heart behind his uh, his words too. I can't there, carry the baby, but I can oh, yeah. carry your things back to town. See you later. <laughs> I'll kiss your wife in the cheek for you. Me, gosh. <laughs> like catch with your kids, get you around. <laughs> it's our new daddy. <laughs> me, gosh. When you get back, do me a favor. Tell my wife I love her and kill Burgoclat. <laughs> <laughs> Take here's these a, acorns. Here's a Willow potion. says like the command <laughs> words. And and What'd you say? <laughs> he says the command words and like activates me, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> September, autumn, citrus. <laughs> me, gosh. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> so Willow sets off and uh, brownies, little brownies, rule and Frangine, who was flying the hawk, are... Uh, Supposed to guide him to uh, the mysterious island at a nearby, well, nearby, at a lake to find Brazil. Uh, on the way there, it uh, starts to storm, so they take shelter at the inn of the Prancing Pony. Because <laughs> the brownies continually get them lost. <laughs> Does the brownie get them lost? Yeah, they keep, they're like, we know what way we're going, it's oh, this yeah, way. Right. And he's like, I That's thought right. it was that way. Well, he's drunk later on. Did they do that again? I don't know. I, they I do it like three things. times throughout the movie. <laughs> and like, I, so I know I've said it before. Every movie doesn't need comedy relief. And I'm fine with ones that do because it's, it's fun to have a comedic character. But I wanted them at some point, like 
Merry and Pippin. They're comedy relief, but when it comes down to it, they are useful and they do try. I feel like the brownies, even when we get into other scenes where like there's danger and whatnot, they're still like joking and fighting with each other. And it's like, no, man, like people are dying out here. <laughs> like pull yeah. it together. Yeah, they are pretty much just bumbling the whole time, even if they pull off one or two tricks. So, yeah, they I guess they're led astray. It's pouring, so they take shelter in this really rough tavern. Uh, a lot of uh, rowdy locals. There's like people on each other's backs, like <laughs> yeah, there's like fighting, chicken fighting. And, yeah. <laughs> like you do in a pool, but they're just on the bar floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this is where you realize that it's not just Mad Mardigan that uses the peck slur. It's like they just this is how Daikini just looked down upon his people. Could you spare some milk for this poor hungry baby? Get out of here, peck! Get out of here, my cooker! I mean, like, humans are the worst in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're usually the worst in everything, though, yeah, they, aren't they? Yeah, true. That's what Tim loves about zombie movies. That it's about how bad humans oh. are, not zombies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so they, uh, yeah, they're pretty much turned away by everybody they try to talk to. So they uh, just go chill in their own little corner. And the brownies start arguing and spill some fairy dust uh which gets on one of them uh, rule he ends up falling into it's kind of like it makes him like euphoric and it's kind of a setup for when the fairy dust comes yeah. back later on he microdoses himself with like, the dust of the brokenhearted <laughs> yeah, he gets the uh the dust of the that's right the dust of the brokenhearted makes him lovey-dovey um except he falls in love with beer he falls into a a, a mug of ale and just is, gets himself. Is this just ecstasy? Pretty drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's pure MDMA. <laughs> the fairy is just like a rough daikini person that like <laughs> lives in town. <laughs> yeah, we call him fairy. He's not a fairy. Um, it, it's one of those like, ironic names. He's like a huge fat guy. It's like yeah, his name's just fairy. glow sticks and drugs. <laughs> so the place starts to get rowdy, and the the one brownie's like just remarks as much. Knocks into Willow. Willow falls through like a trap door into like this other room. Like a, a bedroom, I guess. Where he runs into Mad Mardigan. How do I look? Cover your face! Not you! Where the hell did you come from? I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. Don't I know you? I stole the baby from you, Daikini, while you were taking a pee-pee! Cover your face! Who is in drag, because apparently he's sleeping with this woman in the room, and her husband is, like, on his way there. How did they fashion, like, the, the fake breasts? Like, the the stuffed breasts? Because those, like... Yeah, he pulls they just laying apple around? Out? He pulls an apple out at one point. It gave me oh, flashbacks okay. to, um, Wild Wild West. It's like, did you fill it with buckwheat that was laying around? <laughs> Bags of sand. <laughs> Which, if the wife is trying to rush him out of there before the husband comes, why not just dip out instead of taking the time to stay in that room and get all the supplies you can to make a disguise for when the husband gets there? It's right. Just, just leave. Just leave. Well, if there's only one way in and out of that room, and it leads directly into the bar area where the husband is, just leaving may not have worked. Something. True. It, it it's kind of seems like they are 
they're interrupting or you know something's already in progress because the lug the husband comes to the door like ready to fight like where like where is he hello dear there's nobody here but me and uh my uh my cousin hilda hilda lug comes in and uh immediately takes to hilda which i thought was strange like well, I guess he's not I mean, totally a faithful husband. <laughs> yeah, it's like she's worried about the husband. It's like, you have to get out of here. And then the husband shows up and is just like, I am going to hit on Your this cousin's woman hat. directly in front of <laughs> yeah. my wife. Hilda, this is my husband, Lug. Mm. Big husband. Yes. How do you do? <laughs> Hilda. Ooh. Come on, guys. Don't be shy. Wanna breed? And they say romance is dead and terrorist right. or whatever. <laughs> uh, at that moment, Sorsha and Kale, well, I don't know if Kale's with her. No, Sorsha and her like search party burst into the tavern and start looking for the baby. They start checking all the babies. Um, they come to <laughs> Which, that. How many babies are at that bar <laughs> that they have to like go down a line? It's a tavern, okay, but it's also a daycare. Out. <laughs> it's a milk tavern. <laughs> hey, I would go to that. It's not for you, Tim. It's for babies. <laughs> hey, don't fetish. Don't kink shame over here. Chocolate milk, cereal milk. I feel like that's a kind of thing that would really just thrive in like New York City. Yeah, I that's think a hipster thing for sure. Two completely different wavelengths with that one. Oh. Oh. So we had, like, my my sister-in-law just had a baby, so just the whole concept of feeding an infant is very fresh in our minds. And during the movie, one topic that my wife and I discussed was, you now have an infant, not a, or rather a, a newborn. A newborn's only meal is breast milk. How do you let this thing survive without the mother? So, like, at that point, we're like, well, they probably have, like, milkmaids or something or uh, wet, whatever. What are they called? Like, yeah. yeah, milk at that time. So, that's my thought process of this just happens to be, like, a milk bar. It's not, like, a cow bar. I, for, like, I immediately thought it was, like, a bar with a bunch of different kinds of milk that people can get, <laughs> like, a... No, I was just, thinking more along the lines, probably like a clockwork milk. orange kind of milk bar. <laughs> Armadillo milk. But yeah, I agree. I wonder how they were getting milk during that And it was time weird frame. on how he's like, what, what, like, what, what do you call it? Like the, the milk skin? And it's just like a, like a skein of like you oh, pull yeah, water in Matt it, but Martigan it's got grabs it, it. And he's like, that's for the baby. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. I wouldn't steal from a baby. It's just a stupid point that it, you yeah. know, it it has no bearing on the movie, and I don't give any sort of negative points against it for that kind of thing. But it's just one of those real life points that how do you feed an infant when you don't have the mother to uh, feed it? Well, you can't I mean, you really can milk give anything it. with nipples, Nick. <laughs> okay. So Sorsha bursts into the inn of the crying babies. Um, <laughs> official title starts checking out the babies she's like let me see your papers babies she comes across eventually mad mardigan in his uh drag she's trying to get the baby out she because he's holding laura she tries to grab him and he's uh dodging her she takes off her mask and she's a hot warrior and mad mardigan is like swing swing <laughs> he stabs her 
<laughs> well, no, you're hot. Just... <laughs> Not with his penis, but with with a knife. I don't know how to tell my feelings exactly. <laughs> it's like when a boy really likes a girl, so he like teases her and slaps her. So this is when Mad Mardigan escapes with the baby, and then Willow has to jump out the window to get onto the cart. Well, that was a quick summation of what just happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, There's do you a, want the slow summation? Oh, I love, yeah, well, so Mad Mardigan, yeah, sees her, he's kind of enamored, starts to hit on her. She goes for the baby, and he pushes her back, like, forcefully, like, oh, is this a, are you a woman? Because you're really strong. Um... <laughs> And then she pretty much un- uncovers his ruse that it's a man. You're no woman. Now, honey. Not a woman. Easy. Gentlemen. Not a woman. Meet Lug. And that Lug hears that the husband and is like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, yes. Because <laughs> then he goes berserk. He starts to brawl that pretty much distracts, lets them, you know, a cover for their escape out the window. They duck out the back into a wagon and begin uh, escape. A chase scene ensues. What if he took down Sorsha and all of those troops? They escape and then find out later that it's like, no, he killed 14 guys in that bar. <laughs> Sorsha's like crawling like with a broken leg out. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lug in a blind lustful rage <laughs> um, uh, this is the first time i really noticed the music i think it just comes in like it's like fanfare it's like indiana jonesy adventure music Bad i feel this music is from something else i can't put my finger on it it sounds familiar yeah it's a familiar i almost want to say too. like goonies or some other kind of high adventure kind of movie not like an epic kind of movie but just i i feel i've heard the music someplace else well you said james horner did yeah. the music um which would make sense because i know like he's done a lot of like the ones that you mentioned from there all have a similar kind of like adventure to them. Yeah. Jumanji. Like, yeah, Jumanji or like Mask of Zorro or yes. all of those types of things. I think you said Rocketeer, right? Yep. Which and I know Co- Rocketeer. I, I love the soundtrack. <laughs> and one. Commando. Commando. Joe Johnston well. did the. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he was an. Yeah, because he was a producer and then Joe Johnston did Rocketeer. So it's like, it's always weird seeing those connections of. Did people meet on the set for this, or was it they already knew each other? Or yeah, I liked how um, uh, Dennis Murin and Phil Tippett were in this too. Oh, they make appearances. Well, they weren't in it, but they, oh, they in the crew. Yeah, yeah, they did um the creature effects. Phil Tippett, yeah, like he did a good job. That mm-hmm. his effect later on is pretty good. I almost want to spend the rest of the season doing like six degrees where my movie pick needs to have some connection to the previous person's movie. We could do it. Like I would do Rocketeer to follow up Willow based on Joe Johnston and James Horner. Except there's some set movies already, so we'd have to figure out a connection. (laughs) We kind of pigeonhole ourselves, but... I might change my pick. 2023. Um, Don't do it. Don't do it. Stick with your heart. No, do what you want. I don't care. It'll be fun either way. 
So, so Mad Mardigan's on a cart. They're on a cart and they're chasing and the music is picked. This is just a good sequence. Like, I'm not going to go through every single thing that happens here, but it's kind of the classic, you know, guys are chasing them. They're jumping onto the cart. Mad Mardigan's struggling to keep them off while Willow's trying to grab the reins. Tim's favorite characters, the brownies, are just kind of the ones drunk and like just falling off the card and screaming. <laughs> we get our first Wilhelm scream in this uh, yes, chase as I, well. Oh, I wrote Wilhelm scream, you motherfucker. I hate the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> you must love this movie, though. Oh, I forget. I don't begrudge. Like, it doesn't ruin a movie, obviously, but I do. I do hate it. For is the, it just because it's so overused? Yes, because, well, I know they do it like, oh, it's a sound guy homage, but I'm like, oh, I've had enough. Yeah, for uh, for the viewer, <laughs> for, for the viewers that are watching our live broadcast, uh, for the listeners that are listening, the Wilhelm scream is kind of like a film Easter egg where um, you whenever sound effects are made for every movie usually it's made for that movie but there's one specific sound effect that's often recycled and put into there's too many to name and it's usually in some kind of action sequence where someone falls they insert this specific sound effect as played here and whenever you hear that it's always like oh okay that's and it's called the wilhelm scream guaranteed yeah if you think you don't know it when you just heard that scream you're like oh that one and now you'll hear it forever you'll always know when it comes up yeah it's been in like everything since the 50s it's a cheeky it's a cheeky just thing that sound guys put in and be like hey we're sound guys and we can you picture being the sound guy (laughs) for like distant drums back in the 50s and that guy falls off the cliff and you do the wilhelm scream and be like, yep, that will be used in 500 films. <laughs> it was popularized. I think the one that it was like the guy got shot like by an arrow and they used the Wilhelm scream. Was that the original or was that the one that like made it like take off as a popular sound effect? I thought in Distant Drums he falls off a cliff. Because one, recall. there's an original recording, but then there was like, oh, this movie is where like, I don't know, became a famous thing to do. He gets like shot with an arrow. One of them is the original in any case. Tim will tell us later at the end of the episode in Tim's fun fact corner, a new segment I just made up that we're doing. Get ready for that, Tim. I'm sure, I'm sure he is. <laughs> he doesn't talk the rest oh, wait, of the no, episode. The, yeah, the one that I'm thinking of isn't this movie then. You're not thinking of the Ah Real Monsters scream, are you? Because supposedly this is the first time the sound effect gets used. But you're right. It's when a guy gets shot with an arrow, but it is not the Wilhelm scream. But supposedly they say that's the first. I will. If I ever have the kind of power where I'm directing a movie or something, I'm like, I hear the Wilhelm scream. I will fire the sound, <laughs> the sound mixer. You'll, you'll ask to get the original <laughs> copy and just so you can destroy it. <laughs> um so Wilhelm, yes. One of the guys gets punched, falls down or something. He's Wilhelm scream makes an appearance. I get angry. They eventually bring the wagon to a stop. They get rid of the pursuers, yada yada. And then Willow uh, is like, Go home, Willow. It's a dangerous world. 
Yeah, and that's why we need your help. My help? Huh. What do you need my help for? You're a sorcerer. You're a great warrior and a swordsman. And you're ten times bigger than I am, stupid. She <laughs> tells him no. He's like, I will never help you again. But conveniently, they're headed in the same direction anyway. He's like, fuck. Oh, no. That's the way I'm going. All right, all right. You can follow me as far as the lake. But that's it. <laughs> I guess Which, I have to kind of help. Yeah, like, I took that as he didn't want to just out and out say, I'll help you. So it's like his way of, well, I mean, I guess I'll come along with you as soon as you go in the same direction. Oh, I see. Yeah, I guess that could be it. I guess that. Well, I mean, he does leave, though, again later on. So sticks to his word. But yeah, that could be the that could be what he's saying. But they head off towards the lake. So they're both going in the direction of the lake. Mad Mardigan seems to be actually softening on the kid and like the plight and everything, even though his words are different. Words are wind. Uh, we cut back after they set off and see a brief little moment of the Queen and General Kale, Shao Kahn face man, just reporting that like they the baby continues to elude them. She smacks him in the face, like... Find the child. Find the child! Time is running out. Do not disappoint me. <laughs> is there a Star Wars line that's like that? I'm going to put that in there. Which? Or like, do not fail me. Or something like that. Come on, Nick. God damn it. <laughs> it's different when you're in the hot seat. <laughs> and then we could... We, that's a quick interaction. Then we're back. Uh... They're camping for the night. Willow tries to, you know, tell about Alora's uh, the prophecy, essentially, that she's a princess. Madmar thinks it's a crock of shit. Um, and uh, they go to bed, and later Willow is pulls out the wand because he hasn't really spent any time with it, and him being want to be a magician. I don't know where he gets these incantations from, but he starts to say some magic words. The subtitles were Off like... The dome. <laughs> the subtitles were like speaks you know <laughs> weird language or something and uh <laughs> gibberish <laughs> will speak some gibberish the wand lights up <laughs> explodes like a fourth of july firework that you're not supposed to be playing with shoots him up into the tree um, which I guess could be useful for escaping. That doesn't really come back, but he, he lands himself in the tree. Mad Mardigan just kind of looks at him. He's like, oh, uh, have fun up there, and goes back to bed. The next day, we get to the, the bank, the lake, uh, the lake shore, rather, where out in the middle is the island where supposedly Razel, the sorceress, is uh, holed that up. That lake is huge. It's, I mean, you know. Like... I almost want to find out that it's not any, like, alterations. Like, there's no map painting to it. Because it's like, I just, I would want to go there. It looks pretty. Yeah. Well, I guess that must, if they went to New Zealand for anything, I assume all of this is New Zealand that's an outdoor location. Because they're, A, that place has so many different landscapes. And B, just to save money, you're, like, not moving the production around too much. So you probably can go there. So that is um, the... Milford Sound, Fiordland National Park in Southland, New Zealand. There you the, go. The lake scene. We can do the Lord of the Rings and the Willow Tour. 
Although that's when he's kayaking. Evidently, the mountain and lake scenes themselves are Queenstown, Otago, also New Zealand. That's a bucket list place. I will go. Mark my words, I will be in New Zealand someday. I'm just going to go into Boston, take a duck boat tour, and be like, how far does this thing go? <laughs> you pirate it. You steal it. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm the mad He died right now. there in the harbor. <laughs> Tell so... my story. <laughs> It's a, sh- it's a short story. Remember that time that guy stole a duck boat and died in the harbor? <laughs> it's a short one, but it's a pretty good one. It's the craziest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> well, welcome to Duck Boat Tours. <laughs> <laughs> and to your left, you can see the buoy where I've marked where that man jumped overboard and died. There's like one of those memorials, like there's a cross and like pictures and flowers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but but it's like bobbing up and down. <laughs> Who keeps after this? <laughs> Who swims out there and puts stuff? <laughs> so they yes they finally arrive to the bank of the lake, and Mad Mardigan is like, well yeah I got you here I'm going going off on my own. Um, he kicks some sand at the brownies, <laughs> pisses them off. That was pretty funny. <laughs> he hates the brownies. They hate him. He says goodbye, kisses Alora, heads off, and uh, Willow jumps on a nearby boat to head out to the island. And when he gets there, it's a really small... It's not like an island. I mean, it is, but it's just like a spit of land. He realizes, I couldn't... What animal is this? Do you guys know specifically? The I sorceress the same is not exact a... exact question. I I'm think like, it, I... I was like Googling, like, flying squirrel. Like, no, that's too big. Uh... Marmot, um, muskrat. It's a bushtail possum. Bushtail possum. Wait, how'd you find that out? Oh, did you just Google I, it? What is I, this? I did. <laughs> Why didn't I do that? I don't know. Yeah, it's a bushtail funny. possum. Yeah. It kind of has like Possums are a... cute as fuck in countries that are not the US. Ours looks like a horrified, like, creation <laughs> it of just... It like crack. It looks like it's on crack. Yeah. And then you look at the possums in other countries and they look like adorable pets that you would want to have. Right. No offense to possums. I wonder if that possum could kill you somehow, though, because everything... Well, that's not Australia, but it's close enough. (laughs) Distant relation to the drop bear. Uh, Sorry, I got ahead of myself there, but Willow lands and doesn't see the sorceress, but finds a common bushtail possum and it starts talking to him. And then he exact words. My gosh, is that a brushtail possum? <laughs> just pulls out a camera, just starts taking pictures. <laughs> Wife's never gonna believe this. He realizes the sorceress Razelle has been turned into this animal and can't do any of her cool magic because I guess you can't hold a wand and even though she can talk, I wonder if she could hold the wand if she could do all that shit. Do you have to be a human? I mean she can speak. What are you doing here? I've come to find the great sorceress, Finn Rizel. That's me! I'm Rizel! In any case, she realizes that Willow has the wand, that she's been sent there by Shalandria, and that they gotta take out the queen. She's like, oh, I guess, you know, was already prepared for this prophecy thing that's going on. They get back to the, the shore, and it's like, alright, turn me, turn my ass back into a, uh, <laughs> a human, please. Um... And Willow, I don't think he even gets, yeah, he doesn't like even how, get to, uh, oh, go ahead. 
I, I like how she's like you when you in, when you recite the spell, you must pour your whole concentration into it. You must focus entirely on the spell, and the whole time he's doing it, she's just shouting shit at him. <laughs> like, lady, are you are you trying to screw this up? Well, it's because she knows as soon as she's turned human, she has to go fight a sorceress wizard or like a an evil queen. Focus, Willow. One, two. One, two, five. Five, five. Five, well, five. Guess it didn't work out. Okay, I'm going to go eat some berries. <laughs> mm, mm, um, um. Mm. <laughs> Save that sound clip. We'll just drop it in different places. Um... um. So before he can really get the spell going. It sounds like the kind of sound effect that somebody would just like drop into like when you're playing a game. It's like the peasants chopping wood and you always hear like the the same three things. More wood. Starting to get into simlish here. This girl is Friday. Eh? Oh, that sounds like one of the spells that <laughs> Willow does. Thank you, Willow. I've returned. <laughs> Squopu Doby. Mishmers. Susul. Army Batar. Dune. Before he can do the spell, Mad Mardigan shows up, but he's been captured by Sorsha and the gang. Not with Kale, though. Sorsha's her search party. Um, Which Willow immediately assumes that Mad Mardigan sold him out. Right. But to make sure that the audience knows that Mad Mardigan's a good guy, the guy that's holding him, like, even says out loud, we told you that we would find them without any of your help. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just to let you know that Mad Mardigan didn't break. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of rash of him to assume, like, especially because he's tied up and, like, is a prisoner. I don't know. Um, it's like, well, he could have given away their position when he was threatened, but, like, they could have just seen where he was coming from and just come back that way. But In, like, his Leia Return of the Jedi outfit. He's just, <laughs> yeah. like, shirtless with just the leftover skirt and boots yeah. at this point. So they take everybody hostage. I don't know what... Do they know about Rezel? I mean, like, they just see... Oh, there's a... There's that guy looking for a possum to eat. He just grabs it, like... Are you coming oh my with God, me, a too? a brush-tailed possum. <laughs> <laughs> my wife will never believe this. Oh, I'm gonna finish, my sca <laughs> finish my scavenger hunt. It's the last thing I need. Um, so they bag... They throw Rezel in a sack and take Willow... Yeah, but they don't get the brownies. The brownies are off fucking doing whatever. Or just hiding. Um, but the brownies follow them. I don't know how quickly they can... How they keep up with horses? Yeah. While I guess we'll assume, we'll assume the Lord of the Rings eagles, the eagles picked them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earlier too, um, right after they get attacked and they're on the horses... And they still have the horses, which I never understood when they ran away. Why didn't they keep the horses? Oh, you mean in the wagon? Yeah, I, 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 I missed that point. I forgot about it, but um, I wrote they it like did in it my notes diversion. later. Yes. Because later on... What's that? It was a diversion. Because they got off uh, and they like slapped they, the horses to take off with the cart yeah. and then they hid. They they Yeah, they got out. Yeah. Yeah, because I wrote in my notes later... Because they did end up taking horses much later in the movie. I'm like, you had two horses before. Why didn't you just take them? That makes sense. 
Meanwhile, Mad Mardigan continues to have the weirdest hostile sexual tension with Sorsha. What are you staring at? Your leg. I'd like to break it. You may find that difficult, slave, while I'm up here and you're down there. I hate that woman. Which means they'll fall in love later. <laughs> so they, uh, they set off with their prisoners back to, I guess, camp. Just eventually trying to get back to the queen with the baby. The Willow and Mad Mardigan are tied up at the wrists and just being pulled. Not, not dragged, but uh, walked <laughs> behind the horse. <laughs> it's the only way I can get cardio in. <laughs> Meanwhile... Razelle is trying to is I don't know if anybody maybe they do know at this point because she's just blatantly talking to Willow in full earshot <laughs> of everybody like trying to get him to practice like spells enchantments and such remember like swish how- and flick when guardium <laughs> leviosa I like how once Willow like falls down after walking so long they like master blaster the rest of the way <laughs> yeah he sits him on this yeah it's like a kid going to Disneyland they just or a parade. Mad Morgan slings him up on the shoulders. That's how they fight the rest of the movie. <laughs> you may be able to face me, but can you face four blades? <laughs> so they get to uh, a camp where General Kale is is a hold up. Uh, Sorsha tells him they got the baby. Uh, Willow and Mad Morgan are locked up. Frizzell, the bushtail possum, she's locked up uh, near them. And she's like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, so Mad Mardigan knocks the cage down, and it's time for Willow to try and turn her back again. And I love Mad Mardigan's. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, he's against. He's like, this is like bullshit. Like, what are you gonna look like if this works? Don't interrupt. Sorry. Hither green and band, Clyde Blunenocht. I am a young, beautiful woman. Concentrate, Willow. <laughs> <laughs> so willow fucks up here he doesn't believe apparently he just he he just messes up and turns her into a crow so she's now a crow she's not dead at least it's a step up yeah easier to get around right so now it's time to break out of the cage itself and the brownies show up at this point like hey we followed you and got here somehow (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, mad martin goes to help and Gene, what's his name? Ran Gene? What the fuck's his Ron name? Gene. Ron Gene. He smacks Mad Morgan away with the uh, dust of heartbreak or whatever, fairy dust of heartbreak. And that bewitches him and somehow whitens his teeth. Does it? <laughs> that, oh, yeah, no, that's well, right. That first shot, he's, his teeth are super fucked up. Yeah, they, the he gets cleaned when they separate that first time. Because oh, I was looking for end. that too. In the end, his teeth are normal again. Which, okay, I want to go on a tangent. So his teeth look like they've never been brushed in that scene. like, And all of a sudden, they're clean in the next one. So I, I, I don't, it's not like white. just brushing them would have like gotten rid of the, the disease. The dental disease, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Nick, you just, you, or Tim, you introduced the damn plot thing into my head now we're not really a plot I mean, thing it's just like whatever any of them have toothbrushes in this film no they travel without it so the, he gets enchanted by the dust that we saw earlier enchanted rule when he uh, stumbled around and fell into the beer 
um, <laughs> Mad Mardigan's happy as like Willow's like, what's wrong with you? Um, they get to the tent where the baby's being held, where Laura is, and where Sorsha is sleeping next to the baby. So I guess it just, maybe, like, since Mad Mardigan's into women, it only works if he looks at a woman. Because he's, I mean, he looked at Willow, he looked at everybody else, like, he didn't start to get the hots for them. So I don't know how that, yeah. that, that, uh, that fairy dust works, but that MDMA. <laughs> um... So he goes to get the baby, but he sees Sorsha there, and like the the dust takes over, and he's like, and he just spits bars. Oh, uh. Wake from this hateful sleep. It deprives me of your beauty. The beauty of your eyes. One move, jackass, and you really will be a woman. You, are my sun, my moon. Starlit sky. Without you, I dwell in darkness. I love you. What are you doing here? He's a poet, and he didn't even know that he was a poet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it's just like sonnets. Your power has enchanted me. I stand helpless against it. Come to me now. Tonight, let me worship you in my arms. Get away from me! I love you. Stop saying that! And I stop the beating of my heart. It pounds like never before. Out of fear. Out of love. I can stop it. I'll kill you. Death next to love is a trivial thing. Your touch is worth a hundred thousand deaths. And she's like going with it too. Like it works. Like he's like... <laughs> She's like, uh, I'm DTF, like, by the end of it. And then it's interrupted <laughs> by General Kale rushes in and is like, what the fuck? Yes, sir, um, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> <laughs> Kale's like, I want to watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she realizes the baby's gone and that he's only in here. She thinks she's in there just to trick her. So she tries to shank him. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, they escape. I love, he finally gets a sword. Yeah. And I love his sword twirl. Because we finally, after the joke Mad Mardigan, we finally really get to see him, like, be useful. Not, like, useful, but, like, show off why people not necessarily respect him, but know him. He wasn't all talk. Yeah. You are great. And he twirls a sword and falls down. <laughs> just slips on the ice <laughs> in my notes my next note is the brownies are then left behind oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no wait and then Madame Mardigan's like it's time to Clark Griswold this shit so they he's like he gets uh, he's like get on that shield Willow and take the baby and then Matt and Mark jumps on the back with them and they sled they go for the best sled ride of their lives Tim, earlier you sent me a screenshot, which is obviously stunt doubles and a fake Willow, right? <laughs> I couldn't, I was kind of watching that scene, I forgot, and I couldn't find that shot where that happens, but Tim found like, a funny screen grab where so you fast. see the, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks like they just have somebody in a mat, like, posing as Mad Mardigan in the back, 
and it's just like a mannequin with like a potato head in the front <laughs> or like some sort of mask. It's like but a it's potato quick. Head. Like the whole thing works. It's quick. Yes, it does. But I just happened to be taking notes and I paused so I can finish my thought. And then I look over and it just froze on that exact oh, frame. Oh, so was that like, was just serendipitous. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, that was a funny yeah. shot. I mean, it's it's such a cool sled ride, that whole sequence of them yeah. like going down through and like all of these different wild snow tunnels and jumps and everything. Epic sledding. Mad Mardigan at one point takes a dive off the sled and... Uh, Goes hot riding down the hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willow, Willow keeps going and he comes uh, to a camp and like crashes inside of a house. I fucking laughed out loud when he co- <laughs> Willow comes back outside and coming down the hill is just a huge snowball. And you just see a f- feet sticking out one end and hands <laughs> on the other. The Mad Mardigan just turns into a snowball. And it's it's because there's so much in this movie that like there's funny stuff there's fun stuff but at no point does it like set me up to expect this kind of comedy of like literally him in a snowball coming downhill and then just shattering and climbing back out yeah that that got me pretty good i forgot completely about that like i hadn't seen this it was that and the ignore the bird follow the river those were the two that just caught me off guard (laughs) so much of this uh, the specifics of this I forgot because I haven't watched it in you know 15 20 years something like that at it's least good of you to elect to refresh <laughs> it was a great refresh I'm glad I refreshed um, but yeah that moment I could I surprised me I forgot that was part of it completely so yeah the the Mardigan snowball explodes he gets released from his icy prison and then they realize that Eric and what's left of his army from from the crossroads are camped out here. I don't know if this is just if it's just a camp or if it's a little because there seems to be non soldiers here as well at this like little town. I don't know town in the mountains. But Sorsha and Kale are hot on the trail, so they duck into a cellar and are hiding there until Sorsha. I say Sorsha. Not the actress. Sersha Ronan. Um Sorsha. Finds, you know, it's they're hiding in a, in a cellar that's, you know, covered by a rug. The door the, the secret door. She uncovers it, goes down there, and is taken hostage by Mad Partigan. It's pretty much gets lets them get up and out safely because she's the queen's daughter and the riders the, the soldiers aren't gonna risk her dying, so that's pretty much well, there. So- they're out. This is where uh, Eric accuses Mad Mardigan of being just in everything yeah. for himself and like he's a thief and tells Willow like he's not really with you. Yeah, my next note is Eric sows doubt about Mad Mardigan's intentions here. You always told me you served no one, Mad Mardigan. Since when are you a crusader? He's not going to help you, Peck. He's a worthless thief. I'm not a thief, Eric. Which, like, did he steal from Eric? Because it's like, Eric, we've seen you twice in this movie, and both times you're like, Mad Mardigan, you work for nobody but yourself. It's like, did you try to go in on, like, a small business venture with him, and he, like, dipped out, and he's like, you left me holding the bag. But, like, he immediately is like, no, look, like, we're getting out of here. Do you want to come with us? 
Eric. And Eric turns him down again. Yeah. yeah. Which so I said like, doing? oh, I guess Eric turns him down helping them again because he'd rather die in this tent. Yeah. Um, it made sense in the next scene. I was like, oh, does. okay. Yeah. No, he well, at least, at least, yeah. They, uh, they come out of the tent. They're threatening. Um, uh, Mad Mardigan's threatening Sorsha's life like, if they don't throw their weapons down, which lets them hop on a horse and willow just does like a summer like what maneuver he does he gets onto a horse like from the back window uh they take off and before the riders can get back on their horses and pursue that's when eric and the his uh remaining soldiers pop out and show him what's for <laughs> it would have been great if they pop out as an ambush and then just die anyway <laughs> oh severely underestimated the situation <laughs> Tell Matt Mardigan I think he's cool. <laughs> Why did I write, they escape on horseback and Eric covers them by taking out the Nilfgaardians. Oh, I just couldn't remember their name. I wrote Nilfgaardians. That's a Witcher thing. What is their name? They have like a collective name. Like the, uh, whatever. The Asgardians. The Asgardians. The Venga Boys? <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're here to bring that boom, 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 boom. There's a old bald man who's very spry leading them. <laughs> uh, that's a Six Flags reference. So continuing on, Mad Mardigan's riding with Sorsha in front of him as a hostage, and she's like, I suppose my power enchanted you and you were helpless against it. Sort of. Then what? Went away. Went away? I dwell in darkness without you, and it went away. He's like, uh, I wasn't myself. Like, I hate you still. Um, but you can tell he's like, kind of like, wait, wait, do I like her? Like, did I say that? She pretty much distracts him, ro- wrestles him off the horse. I think maybe kicks him in the nuts at one point, but I don't <laughs> My magic acorns. <laughs> Right in the magic acorns. She distracts him again and runs away. Willow's like, leave the bitch. <laughs> they continue on without her. She gets back to Kale. Mad Mardigan and Willow find Tira's Lean. Tira's Lean. We finally get to Tira's Lean. Mighty empty. Mighty empty. Or is it? Bum, bum, bum. Question mark, question mark, question You know what? I just realized, yeah, they they find that, uh, I guess they wrap it up. They're, those people are dead. <laughs> they, they All of the inhabitants have been encased in stone, and I guess that's a troll maneuver. Because Mad Mardigan, they're like looking around like, this is what, you know, I spent my time, this is a safe place? Like, there's nobody here, it's like deserted. And he steps in troll shit, apparently. And then I guess that's why, because all the there's you see there's people there. They're just encased in stone or frozen in stone. Which, at the I mean we'll get to it, but at the end after everything's said and done, there were people walking around in that group that didn't look like they're from Eric's warriors. But I'm wondering, (laughs) it's so after all of this is done, did they turn back or? Maybe the, Did everybody maybe the, see this as like prime real estate and they're like, <laughs> I was looking to move. I hear they have a baby queen. Let's go. I was kind of fond of that two-headed beast thing, but yeah, so they're at this deserted place. 
Mad Mardigan kind of starts exploring. He finds the armory, levels up, puts on some Rohan. Literally, like, I think maybe Peter Jackson got Rohan's armor here <laughs> because it looks pretty similar. The the helmet he had, like, it, it looks like from the, the Warhammer miniature, like the, the game, it looks like an Alvin Spearman with, like, that very tall yeah. helmet with, like, the top knot. Yeah, the plume. Yeah. Yeah. So Mad Martin comes out. They see Sorsha and Kale have caught up with them. And they're rushing towards the gates. And Mad Martin, just in time, battens down the hatches, uh, blocks their entrance. And they, they immediately set to, like, siege weapons. Like, start, they cut down a tree and start making a battering ram. And I wonder how long this, this montage is because they... Willow and Mad Mardigan set to immediately fortifying the castle and, yeah, Home Alone booby-trapping. Probably took roughly as long as it took them to chop down a tree and whittle it into a batting hack, ram. Yeah, hack the limbs yeah. off. <laughs> were also, were, so, they, were they on horses, like, trying to use the battering ram? Actually, in I hindsight, swear they were. I, th- I think they were no, on they horses. just brought, they brought the... They made the battering ram right there because I thought the same thing at first, but then I realized they just wide dragged the tree from the edge of the forest line to the front line of battle when they can just have the horses drag it and then they can. I feel do the like the horses ram thing. rammed it at first, though, at least. <laughs> well, because they had to I mean, shape well. it. Because when they dragged it, it was just the full tree and then they shaped it down to the normal size of a battering ram. But the door also looked decrepit, and it looked like yeah, you can just reach your didn't. arm through the f- center crack and just lift the <laughs> reinforcement out. Uh, we overthought this. <laughs> A little bit. It's like the door's unlocked the whole time. Like, you didn't even try opening it, did you? <laughs> um, yeah, so they get ready to defend the castle, and that's when the fucking trolls start slithering down the I castle walls. I forgot about these. And then I that like, wide shot of Willow running across the bridge, and all of a sudden you see like these two black figures, like one crawling under the bridge and one crawling up. The, like It's like the descent. <laughs> it's I all of a sudden, that. wait a second, what's that? I have to watch the descent now. You do, it's good. Yeah, trolls show up. They are kind of terrifying looking. It was like if they came from Harry and the Hendersons 2 where Harry meets like the evil version. Yep. Yeah, Willow runs across the bridge and like Tim said, he's like kind of climbing underneath the bridge like matching his speed. He pops up and Willow pulls out the wand of Shalandria and just do some spell shit on him. Do some spell shit on him. That's that's what that's what that's what Rizal says. Do some spell shit. Isn't that what Frodo shouts to Gandalf in the Mines of Moria? <laughs> Gandalf, do some spell shit on him. I'm in the club, aren't I? And Gandalf walks away. <laughs> I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Um. <laughs> Uh, Put the sunglasses on. Yes. <laughs> Willow gets out the wand. Willow, use the wand on that troll. Better not. Uh, 
turns the troll down into what looks like a goopy brain. He devolves it's kind of, him. It's Super very, Mario style. Yeah, it was it's jarring very, as fuck. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Through the whole rest of the movie, it was very out of character. He that, Cronenbergs him. That This sequence, I thought, was part of... I, I remembered like the monster, and I was like, oh shit, is that what's going to happen now? But yeah, he, he devolves. He turns into a pile of goop, and it looks like a brain, but it's just... I don't know. Organic bloody matter. And these uh, chestburster alien kind of things pop out of it. And I don't know if... I think he kicks it or if it just falls off. He kicks it into the moat below. Yeah, he kicks it into the moat. Yeah, and it starts to bubble. What spell did he cast (laughs) that he turned this thing into like some sort of meat pile that turns into a hydra? Yeah. A pretty Imagine intimidating. Imagine if he did that to like one of the soldiers instead of a troll. It turns into a two-story hydra, a two-headed, two-story, Balchinian hydra. It's got like a scrotum on its chin. Um, <laughs> putting it lightly. <laughs> it's kind of dinosaur. It's like it looks like it's a mutated dinosaur, like a brachiosaurus, kind of like a fucked-up brachiosaur. Honestly, with, some with of the shots were really well done and i think they held up yeah this is where i know it's stop motion this is where i feel i guess phil Tippett comes in yeah um it almost seemed like the mess of goo he turns a troll into kicks into the moat it bubbles up there's just oh, a that funny... looked terrible that part looked bad what do you mean in terms of like the quality of the special effect but which I one found that didn't when he when when he does the magic spell and it turns into like the puddle of brain, oh, oh, oh. yeah, I don't and the things it. are coming out of it. Yeah, that wasn't so much. But then after he kicks it, and then you see it grow behind, um, Mad Mardigan, yeah, yeah, and it, it has that um, like oh shit, something's growing behind him. I thought that was a yeah, really cool he, shot. He thinks they're scared of him, but he doesn't see the monster <laughs> emerging behind him. Uh, it looks like the. The Hydra effects, like it almost seems like they tried to put motion blur on it because I know that was one of the drawbacks to stop motion is there's no natural blur because they're just still photos put back, you know, back to back to back. Whereas with film cameras, you get a natural blur between frames. Uh, so that's what it makes stop motion kind of jarring and uh, stand out more. But I thought it seemed like they, they, tried to smooth that out i don't know maybe i was just imagining it but it looked smoother it was a hulking freaking monster too like holy shit that just came out of the i like how it pops up and like the enemy army runs away outside the gate and mad mardigan runs away outside the gate (laughs) and all of them are watching the hydra and all of a sudden all of them look at each other like wait a second and then they attack mad mardigan (laughs) get him yeah that was a good moment that was better than the him thinking he was intimidating when it was the monster behind him that was a funnier joke i mean this is a whole big set piece there's a lot going on in here lots of cutting back and forth booby traps just absolutely destroying the enemy army yeah he's uh i mean lots of crossbow like traps like he's got hidden crossbows he like leads them down to a a section he just turns around and fucking shoots him in the chest. Yeah, he like jumps out from a wall with two crossbows yeah. and just shoots guys. <laughs> the thing that gets me is he lays out one bear trap 
and it looks pretty obvious and it's just funny to me how that one guy managed to step in that one specific spot <laughs> but he's wearing armor so on the flip side too yeah his foot got caught in the trap but i'm pretty sure the armor protected him so he screams out in pain but it didn't look like any damage was done so if i was thinking that maybe just was more like ah what was that i mean either that he had chain mail and he's only resistant to slashing damage maybe we're overthinking it <laughs> willow realizes that the stones or his acorns do turn things into stone because he drops one on the bridge and it tur- the immediately one of the planks turns to stone <laughs> She's like, oh, shit. even to this point in the movie i still think that the high alduin was still full of shit <laughs> he got lucky so when the thing fell and it turned to stone i actually thought for a second like holy shit he was serious <laughs> a broken sorcerer right your today. acorns worked they what <laughs> what <laughs> i just didn't expect him to really oh my god know what i've he been carrying doing. those in my pocket this whole time <laughs> i could have really hurt somebody i, I just need to sit a spell <laughs> <laughs> that ends up i think the that stone plank falls out and uh the, another yeah, troll that's is, what somebody like trips through yeah another troll is chasing willow and they fall through there they, he's hanging on to the troll who's hanging on to the bridge and um hydra sees this as a nice meal and fucking just it seems like they like the t-rex are eating eddie in the lost world the hydra grabs oh, the car. eddie car yeah the troll gets Eddie card by these two. I mean, we assume we don't see him get ripped apart, but they both take in and the. Uh, I was bl- waiting for the, the point where you see them grab and start to pull, but I was waiting for the, <laughs> like a good cheese pull. Yeah. No. Well, no. Like the snap of, <laughs> oh, the body like getting cut clean in half. Yeah. Um, they essentially just keep feeding the hydra. <laughs> <laughs> Stop um, giving it more men. <laughs> they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool, it was pretty heavily telegraphed, but at least just in this moment, because they set up a catapult during the, during the booby trap phase. But Madden Mardigan jumps onto the launch pad of the catapult, sees Willow's in trouble and like just slashes the la- the tension line and launches himself across he like smacks into the wall so you must have loved this battle scene because we got not one not two but three wilhelm screams through this whole movie were they really oh were there more screams in here i didn't notice them yeah there there's one in the when we first talked about it and then there's two in this battle scene i was taking I wrote, lots of notes so <laughs> i um because when I wrote the first one, I actually didn't even think of writing the first one. Actually, I did. Yeah, like Wilhelm during Chase. And then I wrote the second one, but then the third one came so quickly afterward that I'm like, oh, three Wilhelms in one movie. He can't keep getting away with it. So I realized that for years, I had the screams mixed up because there's like two different screams. There's the Wilhelm. <laughs> You're talking about the ah, real monster scream, I bet. I'm ta- yeah, I'm talking about it's. I guess it's called like the Howie scream. Yeah, yeah that like that one. one yeah. yeah. That's why when you said like, "Yep, it happens here," and I was like, "I wouldn't have missed that." <laughs> Nobody. That's usually like I'm falling off to my death. It's kind of scream. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's like English. I knew there was two different ones. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, that most notably was the uh, at the end of the Ah uh, Real Monsters intro cartoon. Followed by the chuckle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Mad Morgan launches launches himself off the catapult, smacks off the wall, and just... I think there's a troll. Does he kill a troll there again? Maybe that's the troll that gets eaten, or I don't know. He jumps off onto the Hydra, uh, stabs one of the heads from top to bottom through the jaw, and essentially like traps his mouth shut. Um, and Willow kills some dudes here, like some of the guys make it upstairs to get the Elora. He just runs at him, just stabs him in the belly. I was like, Willow, you fucking killed somebody, finally. <laughs> he doesn't I'm seem traumatized by it. Through the movie, too, there's blood on the swords. Wasn't oh, really? expecting to see that. Yeah. I didn't notice. I appreciate oh, the God, Willow, you killed somebody. You should lay low. <laughs> he spends restless nights back at home, just PTSD. <laughs> Um, I turned Amanda Stone. I thought she just returned a baby. All the things <laughs> I've seen. At the end of the movie, he shows back up in town, but he's completely covered in blood. And he's like, well, the adventure's done. And they're like, oh, God. <laughs> what? Hey, Burkle Cop, do you still it? want that land? No, no, Willow, it's okay. <laughs> Thanks, Burble Cut, Burgle Butt. <laughs> That's not my name. It is now. You're right. You're right. It is now. Blank smile. (laughs) Thousand yard stare. (laughs) Um, So in this midst, Sorsha is like watching Mad Mardigan like just kick a bunch of ass. And she seems kind of in awe. I was like, she is definitely DTF in this moment. She's. uh, I don't know if it's like she's like admiring him, but like. I mean, there's also the plight, I guess. I don't know. Like, she's starting to turn, obviously. She's like, you can see she's going to betray. Just like the seer told the, her mom that she would. She's going to betray mom. Um, since the Hydra's head is stuck shut, I was confused as to why his head exploded. And I realized they breathe fire throughout this whole thing. They're shooting fire. <laughs> no, they just do that sometimes. <laughs> It's a self-destruct mechanism. Every round, there's a random chance. <laughs> yeah, but since the mouth is shut, he can't... I guess it needs to release the fire, and he can't, so the Hydra's head just explodes. And then I died because it collapses, and these, and then just this guy is on fire just running away. Like It's like it's just a long shot, and you see him like, ah, ah, <laughs> just running away on fire. Ah, <laughs> At this point, Eric shows up. They're, everybody's trying to get out of there. I think. I don't know. Eric brings his army for backup. Yeah, because the brownies show up with him. Yeah. Kale, General Kale Shao Kahn has managed to steal Alora, And they charge. What's remaining of them charges at Eric. And he like just brute forces his way through their line of cavalry. And... uh Kills a couple of them and then just takes off with the baby back to the castle. And Willow is devastated. And Laura's gone. Look. They've taken up too many of them. Pretty much thinking they failed. He comes out exhausted and Mad Mardigan's like the hype man. He's like, let's fucking ride, Willow. Let's do this shit. <laughs> Come on, Death. man. Death. <laughs> 
Death. Thunderstruck starts playing and they hop on the horses. Willow. Can you ride? But yeah, Mad Morgan's like fully like, he's like, this is, I'm in it. Like we are in it to win it. And then we cut and the child is already dead. They've done the ritual. Wow, that was a quick <laughs> ritual. I know. <laughs> that is the bossest looking evil castle though. Once uh, we yes. finally see. My next note is Bev Morda's castle is badass. It looks, it looks like the, the gates of Mordor, but as a castle. Yeah, it does. Like, my note is I would easily spend $300 on this playset. <laughs> yeah. That would be where I have all my Fisher Price nights as a kid. It's super imposing. Especially because it's like littered with bones, like across the the land leading up to the castle. It's just like. Yeah. It's very intimidating. Yeah, Kale has returned to the castle, tells mom that Sersha has turned against us because she's like, where is she? Where's Sorsha? She has turned against us, your highness. Turned against me. <laughs> Prepare for the ritual! Everybody's pretty much, they're like right on the heels of, of all this, Willow and gang. So they form up outside the castle. Bev Morda comes down to see what she's got to deal with. And I love just her, <laughs> the way she laughs. It's just starts laughing as soon as she sees them like oh you what army uh are you guys attacking this with this is not an army <laughs> what if she just laughed and then turned around and just left again and they're like what does that mean <laughs> hey lady she's plumb mad <laughs> Or a thousand foot tall, massive iron castle. Let them do whatever they want out there. Um, she turns into Oprah here and just starts handing out pig spells to everybody. <laughs> just goes hog wild. You're not warriors. You're pigs. You're all. Mad Mardigan just starts to turn into Pumbaa. Yeah, this got very... Well, actually, it makes sense because Val Kilmer played in Island of Dr. Moreau. But I was like, <laughs> this got very Island of Dr. Moreau. Because it's not just like, poof, you're a pig. It's like, no, they're slowly going through this like body horror transformation. Right. Yeah, the makeup's cool, but it's like the transformation is cut away, cut back, and they've transformed a little bit more. Um, but all they, the in-betweens looked good. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The makeup's good. They just don't really see a, you know, thing sprouting or anything, really. But they aren't just, like, turning into pig people. They're turning into full-blown pigs. Like, swine. It's a bunch of swine in the field out there. But, yeah, she's just, like, pointing and throwing, like, you know, waving her arms like she's casting spells. She's like, pig, you're a pig, pig, pig. You get a pig. <laughs> <laughs> you get a pig. <laughs> Pick it, pick it, pig, 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 just like rapid fire, two finger guns. <laughs> She's like turning around, like behind her back, pig, pig. <laughs> over the shoulder, pig. around the back, just like dabs. 
Pig, pig, pig. <laughs> oh god. Uh, even her own daughter is like. Mother, no! You're a pig too, you little traitor. So everybody's pigs. Meanwhile, Razel she beckons Willow into the tent and she casts like a, some protection spell to protect them, protect everybody in the field, I guess. But it's like, it, now is the time. You, I've got to become a human so I can destroy this bitch. So he has to concentrate. And we, we're kind of cutting and seeing that after turning everybody into pigs, Be, uh, Bev Morda's back just starting the, the ritual. Which ends up taking which, a long time. <laughs> also, this was the first point because she like changes robes or something like that. And then I realized that under her robe, she's wearing full mummy garb. Yeah, I saw that too. It's like head to toe mummy wraps. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. I, wife and I said the same thing at the same time. Why is she wearing that? Was she wearing that the whole time? I think I she mean, it wasn't revealed. Been. Yeah, it's like her mm. It's like her undergarment. But I can't <laughs> Which, imagine I mean, like, taking that off. The whole, it's a cool look overall yes. for an evil queen. And I'm wondering if it's supposed to be like, oh, it's the blood of the ritual and she wraps herself and that's how she stays young because i feel like as time goes on she just started getting older and older yeah i took that as like the ritual like taking its toll on like what on her having to do that or something like you use power to get power and then she's like i'm refilled for a while did she age over the course of the movie i I think just in this scene yeah i think just once once she starts the ritual yeah because she starts um, to look rough you don't you don't really see her much in the beginning either. She's only in maybe two scenes through the whole movie leading up to this point, and they're very quick, and they don't focus on her. She's usually amongst an entire group that she's addressing, right. and this is the first time you see her. Just She's the sole focus on the entire shot. Yeah, I think she looks as she did before until she starts trying to kill this baby. Although I guess he... The ritual. Why you, you can't just stab her. I guess that doesn't change anything. She's <laughs> not going to ritual. I guess she's not going to. Maybe the ritual prevents any other baby from being born like this again. I don't know. Um, but anyway, she starts the ritual. We cut back, and Willow is like trying desperately to turn <laughs> uh, Roselle back, and again she continues to just speak through <laughs> like the point earlier. He's trying to do the spell. She's like, concentrate, concentrate. He's like, I am. Fire begets snow. Locks war Danalora. Luwatha Danu. Believe in the word. Luwatha Tuwatha. As he's doing this and she's like transforming into all these different animals. Right. Evidently, this whole like effect or something, they wrote the program to smooth out like a morphing between multiple um, I guess like film footage and this was what ended up going on to be used in like T2 and whatnot for the morphing scenes oh wow the birth of technology yeah he yeah, I was reading an article about how like the the special effects for some of this in Willow ended up making like a big mark on some later things makes sense while he's uh, doing the spell she turns into an ostrich and a peacock a turtle and a tiger, I'm like, oh, leave her as a tiger. Like, she could do some damage there. I thought the same. 
And then she, he finishes the spell. She turns into not a beautiful young woman, but just a nice naked old lady. I'm glad that he just, I mean, he has the sense to just like give her a, a blanket to cover up with immediately. There's no awkward, Which, like, him, like, standing there, oh, you're naked. <laughs> just like, here's a blanket. When she tells Mad Mardigan before, like, I'm a young, beautiful woman, I thought she was just saying it as, like, a joke Yeah. as they were doing it. But then after she transforms, she looks at herself as, like, surprised, and she's like, it's been that long. Oh. So she has been. Oh, yeah, that's a good She point. transformed, like, ages ago. You're right. So the age kept kept up with her. Which is kind of bonkers to think that it's like, so whatever age she was at, it, it's obviously been like tens and tens of years since she's transformed. Right. But she's still powerful enough as a sorceress to just be like, okay, I'm transformed back and let's go fight this evil witch. Time to do this shit. I guess so. It's like you have not cast a spell in 40, 50 years. If you don't use it, you lose it. Does not apply. So she's back and she's like, all right, first word of business, turn these piggies back into people. And I was like, aren't they going to be naked when they transform back? But <laughs> they find all their clothes. But that's just a plot thing they don't really care about because you just assume. <laughs> Funny <laughs> They're all just all right, we're all naked. naked. <laughs> I think it'd be a little more awkward if they hyper-focused on clothing them for the next 20 minutes every time they transform someone. That would be ridiculous. Now we do the great clothing sequence. My queen, Um, what should we do? Shoot them while they're unarmored. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I'm protecting you from being turned to pigs. You're all chickens. Oh, shit. (laughs) More cuts to the ritual, and it's like, how long is, like, how, this has been, it's a long ritual. Because she's had, she's had enough time to, like, seemingly individually change every pig back into a, to a human. Well, she makes it sound like the ritual is like, I have to get rid of the child of the prophecy, like, she's gonna take me out someday. But if you're not, like, the ritual isn't getting you power or making you young. It's, she even says, I'm putting her into, like, the realm of darkness. Why don't you just kill the kid? Like, that's kind of the end of the prophecy, too. That was my point. Unless it's like, oh, she'll just be born again, like, some other day. You know, I don't know. Then you do it again. I don't know. (laughs) It just stabbed the kid as soon as you find it each time. Yeah. Takes some time for you. And she's like, we're running out of money to, like, have the resources to keep rounding up all the pregnant women (laughs) in my kingdom. We're not a sustainable business. (laughs) (laughs) Baby killing is takes a lot of capital <laughs> please um, my gofundme page <laughs> so the ritual really be seems to begin here um and they're they're wondering how they're going to get into the castle Rizel's like i can't use magic because she's got like her own magic like uh protecting the castle so gopher farmer willow no he willow has an anecdote about i don't know how this applies to gophers, but he brings up... Wait! Back home in my village, we have a lot of gophers. Willow, this is war, not agriculture. I know, I know. But I have an idea how to get inside the castle. <laughs> he takes out a stick of dynamite. Well, he was alluding to that they dig underground and hide themselves. 
I thought they were going to burrow under into the castle. Yeah, and that's I'm thinking, what I thought. Like, how? <clears throat> you don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was going to be like a great escape tunnel, and they just come up on the other side. Exactly. And then they get to the other side, and the queen's like, uh, the baby's been dead for a good ten hours. <laughs> it took you seven days to do that tunnel. <laughs> um, so it cuts, um, Roselle and Willow. Roselle pumps up Willow, like, we gotta... Let's do this. You can do this. They both, like, slap each other's face. <laughs> yeah! That song starts playing. Dun, they dun, both well scream. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, God. Or they both Howie scream. <laughs> That'd be more appropriate. Uh, well, so I like they, how they... This is very, like, Luke outside the... Um, in, oh, God. What was the second of the new Star Wars... The Force is here. off against... Yeah, the Force Awakens. The surprise Jedi man. The last Where it's just Jedi. like... That's the one. Where he's just like standing out there by himself on the open field. Oh, yeah. They, uh... Razel and Willow approach. Threaten. And the, the guards... That they're gonna... Fucking kill them if they don't open the gate and give them the baby. Uh... The guards are like, just get down and kill them. So that gets them to open the gate, and I guess they're super plan. They pull some Fremen shit here from Dune. If you've seen Dune, you know what I'm talking about. The guards go to attack Willow and Rizel, but behind them, hiding under tarps and in ditches, is uh, everybody else. So once the army has ridden past them, they pop up and get through the castle through the open gates. Which... For an evil army, I'm surprised they didn't just, as soon as they saw that, close the gates with their other, like, five riders still out there. I'm surprised they just didn't have a line of archers on the wall and just shot them from there. Yeah, because as soon as they're like, it's a trap, and the five guys start riding back, they're like, but we have to let our guys in. Don't <laughs> shut it. No yes. evil genius villain ever. Yeah. Yeah. But sire, we hit our own troops. Well, that's tough luck for them. Danger close. Kill then. them all. Yeah. They just um, put like pink slips on arrows and shoot the five guys. <laughs> so they break into the castle with the gates open. There's uh this is another one of these long set pieces, lots of different little scenes here. Building up around the battle inside and the ritual that's taking place. Um, Eric drops boiling oil on a group Eric, of guys. That's yeah. On a phalanx. They're like standing there like guarding themselves and he just Man, that looks like it's... I just imagine the melted it's like, skin. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Sorsha, Willow, and Roselle approach the chamber where Bev Morda is doing the ritual. Um, and when you see her at this time, she looks... She's starting to look rough. She's like... This is where she starts... It seems like... I, yeah, it's like... Is, is, it, is this process aging her? Or is something just like... Is falling, she's losing control of whatever is keeping her young or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think it aged her. All the power, unlimited. They approach and easily dispatch of the guards that she sicks on them. It's nice to see Sorsha, like, get a scene of her fighting everybody off. Like yeah. the, the henchmen in there. I right. feel like nowadays it's whenever they have to have a... 
like a, a strong female character, it annoys me that they tie them out to be like, well, there has to be a female henchman for them to fight if that's the case. It's like, no, they can they can fight anybody. That's fine. It's like, that's why I like it here, where Sorsha just like sword fights and easily just dispatches all the guards in the room. Right. I'm more surprised she's an actual like lead combatant for the bad side. I mean, it, her her character, oh. her character anyway, like just in general, just seeing a strong female. Oh, fighting. I see. Yeah, like in that well, world, it's nepotism, really. <laughs> That's true. Well, she they was could blind have easily to the yeah. They could have made it just like the queen's son instead. True. Made Mad Mardigan gay. That would have been Pro progressive. Progressive. <laughs> they always have to do the romance bit, and I'm kind of I'm. I mean, I can't say I'm sick of it when I'm complaining about a 30 year old movie. But um, you know, I the only thing that I wish they had not done was make it that it was a romantic arc between her and um, Med Mardigan. Every movie doesn't need comedy relief, and every movie doesn't need a romance angle. It's yeah. true. Because she was, I liked her a lot. She and then was when a fun she character. switched, yeah, then when she switched sides, it was a little I. I thought it was a little weird, but I mean, it worked. What would have been more interesting if she stayed evil and then like the general with the skull thing is the one who has the change of heart. Just because like I would not have expected him to like meet the baby and be like, nope, can't do this. We're not killing a baby. <laughs> Cute baby. <laughs> and Morgan falls in love with him. Um, <laughs> wear that mask when we make love. <laughs> Hey, the skulls just do it. <laughs> yeah, Sorsha kills the guards easily, and then she pleads with her mother to stop. I won't let you kill that child. Away! She grabs hold of her like with a levitation, and it's like about to impale her on like the wall of spikes in the back, if not for Rizel. Pulls out Chalandria's wand and like saves her. So she's about to kill her own daughter. Just to keep her power. Jail is old as time. La 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 la. Then we cut and we see the brownies using a nest of bees on some soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> not not literally a nest of bees, but... Uh, Age of Empires 4 <laughs> nest of bees. <laughs> if you're playing Age of Empires and you play the Chinese, you might never have heard about the nest of bees. What are they? It's like kind of like a just a, a it's siege like a weapon, rocket yeah, thing. bolt, yeah, large bolts, yeah, and somehow they're firing it. But it's like, oh yeah, they're here too. The brownies, they just like kind of showed yep. up again. <laughs> the Tim's delight. Like that's, that's great that they're back there, but we don't need a scene of them like doing well, and then like laughing and slapping each other, and then they're like whoa, and then they like fire off the thing, and then they're jumping around and laughing. It's like. People are dying, man. <laughs> We're dumping boiling oil on the enemies. <laughs> you just probably killed three guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the horrors I've seen. <laughs> Bev Morda starts, fucks up Raziel. I forget what she does to her. She just... Well, they're pretty even because she sets Raziel on fire. Then Raziel like freezes right. her solid. Right. And it's pretty even until like she knocks down like a pillar on top of Raziel. Yes. The wizard fight did kind of, I think that was the weakest point of the whole movie for me. And it's, 
I feel the same way about Lord of the Rings 2 with the entire um with the with the entire saga in one solid viewing. The only thing I hated about Lord of the Rings is the wizard fight between Sauron and Gandalf which almost looks page for page exactly the same here. Because like a telekinesis at one point, fight. Yeah, they they telekinetically push each other and they start spinning them around like I don't even know how to describe it. They're just literally spinning in a circle suspended in the air and pushing them each other into walls and stuff. And with how powerful these wizards are, and this is the best that they can do, I just felt it was really kind of... I did I did like, though, when she slams Bev Morda, like, into the ceiling. <laughs> like, it looked well, painful. Yeah, like, you think Raziel's down, she's under the rock, and Bev Morda comes over, and all of a sudden she just, like, grabs her wand and Shazama pajamas her around the room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was weak when, like, it just turns into, like, they're fighting over the wand. Like, they're just, like, kind of, like, eh, eh. And they're both holding onto the wand, trying to take I it from the other. I wanted to see them, like, both do the old, like, they both put their hand on the wand, and they're, like, putting their hands higher <laughs> like up on the wand. <laughs> but finally, she just, like, pokes her in the eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, a wise guy. Um, uh, we cut back out to the battle, and Eric is fighting... General Kale, who shanks him, stabs him, and uh, Mart Matt Mardigan witnesses this and runs up as Eric tumbles down the hill. He seems like he's he's enjoying that role a little bit too. Maybe he's rolling down the hill. Um, Eric's dying words to him: "You only work for yourself. I have allegiance to the king." <laughs> I thought Eric's death was a little dramatic. Like his his movement, it was like overdone. Like, <laughs> like I imagine from a stab when you're bleeding out, it's kind of like a slow, just like droop thing. Yeah, because he gets stabbed in like the stomach, and then like within two minutes, he's just done. It, it's well, what if he was just like done with fighting? And he's like. <laughs> Go on. Uh, and then he leaves and all of a sudden he just like gets up and hobbles out to his horse. <laughs> I was I was gonna say like Man Morgan looked, he's like, You're not you're not stabbed. He's like, I know, I'm just done fighting. <laughs> it was it was startling. Let me <laughs> For a kid movie, I'm surprised some of the characters even died. Yeah. Somebody's gonna die. Let me lay here a while. <laughs> don't don't take that clip out of context. <laughs> you heard it here first post Dean says somebody's gonna die <laughs> uh, so that sends Mad Mardigan after Kale well because and... we knew how good friends Mad Mardigan and Eric <laughs> right. were by the fact that Eric left him to die refused to join the fight until the very end and accused him of being a traitor every time they encountered each other I could sense there was a... Yeah, we don't know what soured them, but yeah. I mean, he did come in to their aid earlier and stuff, so, you know. True. Water under the bridge. I did like the callback to, like, at the crossroads when he was locked up. He's like, Eric, let me out and I'll win this war for you. And here, when he's dying, he's like... Win this war for me. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> Mad Martigan gets on Eric's horse and takes off. You were right about me. <laughs> As he's taking all of Eric's armor off to sell later. 
but I'm still alive. Um, he goes after Kale for revenge. So there's a there's a sweet duel going on. This um, was better than the Game of Thrones fight between the Hound and <laughs> the Mountain. Also, the Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl. Did Mad Mardigan like the? He all of a sudden had like a sword gauntlet. Did he take that off Eric? Because he had a normal sword, which he grabs again later that he had been what carrying. What do you mean, sorry? Sword gauntlet. Because when he, he first... Weird weapon. Yeah, like when he goes to fight the general, he has like a gauntlet on one hand that has a blade attached to it. Oh, yeah. I kind of don't remember. Which don't he didn't know. have before, so I'm wondering, it's like, is that what Eric's been fighting with? And he took that off Eric? It's the medieval power glove from Nintendo. <laughs> Man, I love the power glove. Um, so they duke it out. Uh, he breaks his skull helmet with like a back swinging backhanded sword. Smashes a skull helmet, but he's still alive. The classic, uh, leave him for dead and keep walking. Right. Then uh, Kale pursues him. Um, and he stabs him in the gut. Kale keeps coming at him. And any brute this is a brutal kill. Um the Mad <laughs> Mardigan like props up, he steps on a like a skateboard, steps on a sword and props it up and just pulls him onto it. That was it, definitely one of my favorite kills I've ever it seen. It surprised yeah. me. I was not ex- <laughs> like when he stabs him and he spins and stabs him again. And then I was like, oh, and then he kicks the sword up. And I was like, what? Yeah. He like tramps on like, like a skateboard. Yeah. It was like Big Trouble Little China when um, Jack Burton's fighting the other guy and he like fo- like jumps towards him and he falls on his back and he pushes his like boot knife forward. <laughs> it just like kills the guy that way and then he can't get him off him. <laughs> um, yeah, he slow and impaling death and he just kicks him off the bridge. It's not like, oh, he falls into a pit. He just falls like 15 feet down. It <laughs> just falls off the bridge. <laughs> oh, I'm still alive. That hurt. He, he lands on Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, then it cuts. We're back with the struggle with Rezel and uh, Bev Morda, and Rezel is just landing bombs on her. The way she, the sound effect when she's Rizel's punching her in the face, <laughs> and it just sounds like haymakers. Like she's got some strength <laughs> there, but. She just, uh, Bev Morta dispatches her. She's not dead, but she incapacitates her. And that's when Willow steps up with the stone acorns. I'm a great sorcerer. <laughs> Greater than Rizel. Greater than you, even. She just thinks he's throwing a whatever at him. She catches the acorn and it starts to turn her hand to stone. And I forgot what happened here. I was like, oh shit, is this how they beat her? Well, I thought it was a little funny considering that um, the way that she catches the acorn, he clearly missed. Yes. <laughs> That's like, a good, well, good point. Thing she caught it. She like reaches slightly out to her side to grab it. Willow, you fool. <laughs> her arm starts to turn to stone, but she reverses it with her dark death magic. Her baby blood magic. <laughs> it's like a weird side brand of Oshkosh Bagash. <laughs> yeah. Baby blood magic. 
I think there's a during this time, ah, my notes go fast and furious here. I think Willow ends up getting Alora off the uh, altar, and yeah. she's he he's ducks behind some you know whatever furniture in the room, and uh, this is where he pulls off his greatest trick. She uh, he says he's going to he, he comes out with Alora from behind the uh, stacks of whatever. You stupid hat! With my magic. I'll send her into the... Into a... <laughs> Yano Sorcerer! Into a realm where evil cannot touch her! Impossible! Look, pecs can't do that. Uh, maybe she's... No, she doesn't sound like she says peck. Um, <laughs> but he does the old hide the pig trick. And she falls for a hook, line, and sinker. To the... Like... It baffles me that the way she goes out is that he blew her mind so much with his magic trick. David blamed her to death. She's like, impossible. And he does it. And she's like, what? And she like stumbles into her ritual, knocks everything over, lights herself, like lightning lightning strikes her. her. It's terrible, but that same thing happened to a friend of mine at a David Copperfield show. <laughs> you got struck by lightning after the illu- after the illusion. Yeah. Next, I'm going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. What? <laughs> you can see a skull miss, and everything. I miss Steve. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Steve. I remember his last words: "Win this war for me." I was like, "What? What? We're at a Vegas show." <laughs> Yeah, so her mind is blown that he just made Alora disappear. And uh, lightning strikes. You can see her bones as the lightning just continuously strikes her. She's still alive. And then, I don't know, I know there was like a a pot or a bowl knocked over with red essence or whatever. And that kind of like starts smoking and filling up the room. And she turns into that and just fucking disappears in the sky i don't know it's almost like the banishment she was going to do to the child happens to her instead kind of that's what i'm assuming kind of happens (laughs) it's a good magic trick (laughs) (laughs) um she disappears into the fire red smoke and that's it and burgle cut pops his head and i saw how he did it Look, he ruins it. He runs in. The baby's back here. Look, look, it's right here. I knew it. Well, it was a fraud. I get his crops. <laughs> and the beans. Not the beans. Um, so we cut and everybody's hunky-dory. Everybody's clean. Everybody's wearing nice, fresh yeah. clothes. A lot of people in town that weren't there before the battle. They sprung up. Razel bestows a sweet book of magic onto Willow, but it's, I think it's just filled with card tricks and, like, sleight of hand maneuvers. Willow? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of doubt she's going to give him, you know, advanced <laughs> spellcasting rank 10. So the guy that took, like, three weeks probably to learn one, one spell with a master sorcerer. Willow, I grant you this book. Just remember the words. Clata, Varata, Nikto. <laughs> Do you remember Willow? Yeah, 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 I remember. This book smells, Rezel. <laughs> Feels like my lampshade's at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
made from Eric. <laughs> His sacrifice is our benefit. Um, what if none of it was real and it was all just a test for his illusions just to become a better fake magician or we find out that Bev Morta was evil but Raziel and this princess were like the next evil (laughs) yeah yeah, that's the Twilight Zone ending thank you thank you Willow for saving us just like a cloud start zooms in and her eyes just flash red for a brief moment or, or turns and it's like thriller like this. General Kale like pops back up like over the top of the castle and he's like, you weak pathetic fools. <laughs> I've got your swords. I don't think so. And then we get the... So there's not really like... There's not really a, an ending, ending for Marti- <laughs> no. Mad Mardigan and especially with all they went through and the character change, it's just kind of like yeah, that's done. Like that's it yeah he gets a book he gets a horse they say well thanks and he just goes home i think i'd like to go home now i'd like to go home return to the village bubble butt <laughs> is the first to greet them um, i forget what happens here he just well willow introduces a magic bird yeah he shows them how he got this magic book and he learned a spell in it that creates a bird that shits directly into Burgle Cut's mouth. <laughs> I don't know if that is the spell or if it just happened to happen organically. But what's important is it did happen. Nobody likes me. <laughs> <laughs> and holy shit, that that pull-out shot, like, that is a scenic place they're living in. Their Isn't villages. It? Yeah. I think one of my top places to ever live would be Middle Earth, but this place is a real close second. Well, I just it love the Earth. whole, like, it seems so homey of, then the, like, the camera pulls back, like, after he sees his wife and kids, and, like, the fun music <laughs> right. kicks in of, like, the band in town, and everybody yes. starts, like, having another festival. I want that music like like it's i feel like willow overall like harkens back to a time in movies that i am nostalgic for of that like fantasy adventure that we have now but i feel like it's just when it does happen it doesn't feel like the movies from this time period like there's just it seems a little too glossy it seems a little too yeah i it makes me want them to I don't know I, I guess it's because of the populace the young people I don't know like kids want big and better and glitzier and, but I don't know there's there's a charm it's like they don't make them like they used to and they could but like they never will again like well, they're plus, like no we've a moved movie on like this where like yeah like it, it's a fun fantasy film like yeah kids could watch it but it's not they don't cater to yeah we're not gonna have anything in this so kids can watch it no they're mad martigan kills that guy pretty hard like the whole (laughs) transformation of the pigs like it's a movie i watched as a kid without necessarily like turning everything kid friendly there's no like really eye-rolling one-liners that you're like "Eh, that's kind of forced i feel like a lot of stuff has that nowadays or yeah 
all of the obvious foreshadowing of it's lighthearted but it's 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 definitely something kids can handle like it's not yeah yeah it's not outside of the realm of a kid being able to watch this movie i would have loved this. some slightly scary elements there's some but it's not like in too intense i would have loved this as a kid if i watched it then yeah the only reason i never seen it was because it's a lucasfilm movie and aside from um indiana jones and star wars being so predominant in just pop culture through our whole lives willow kind of got the short end of the stick with that so where do you get to play that on broadcast tv and i never ever seen it by the time i realized that you know this movie exists i was already in my like my late teenage years and i had no interest in seeing it i forgot what channel it it was the wb but i forgot what they used to call it but it was channel 11 growing up and i feel like they had willow on like i don't know like maybe once a month but it was always like a a mid-afternoon saturday movie type thing and that's when we used to always watch it Man, Channel 11, some of that. That's where I found Predator 2 for the first time. Like Predator 2, the Predators. Predators. Predator predating. <laughs> the Predator. The Predator 2. Predators. Meet the Predators. <laughs> That's the one with um, Adrian Brody, right? <laughs> predator 7, the new blood. <laughs> I know what you did last Predator. No, that doesn't work. And Land Before Time 6. So... <laughs> I think we're in agreement that Willow holds up and is still a great movie. Willow I really, holds up. really liked it. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, this is right up there with Princess Bride and like all of those same kind of fairy tale fantasy kind of movies from the eighties. Like this definitely stands up with them. Yeah, it's well made. It's not it doesn't feel cheap really anywhere. Like it feels like just nope. a solidly made movie. Which I was reading something about how when this came out and they feel it didn't do as well because like Princess Bride had already come out. But I feel like just because they both are kind of like medieval era, I wouldn't really compare both of them because this is so hard into that fantasy, like sword and sorcery aspect. And like Princess Bride was not like granted you have like the, the whole rodents of unusual size and all of that stuff but there's really no like sword and sorcery to it there's a different tone there's a very yeah, clearly that, a different tone going princess on. bride felt more like a errol flynn kind of movie. yeah it's I more mean. like it's, a swashbuckling it's, it's tongue-in-cheek a bit yeah 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 which still love that but it's sure. like you always say like it's like it's apples and oranges yep yeah you can't compare these two and then whereas this one, I feel it's more akin to like King Arthur storytelling and yeah, that kind of aspect. Like I would put this closer to Legend and Lady Hawk than I would Princess Bride. Or like Neverending Story. There's like yeah, there's there's right. a lot of different movies with yes. that same kind of tone. Yeah. Yeah, this is more akin to Neverending as far as the the mix of seriousness. I mean, I guess Neverending yeah. Story is probably a little more not dark, but uh, serious, quote unquote. It's dark as but, fuck. I don't remember crying hysterically for <laughs> a forced drowning in this one. <laughs> that's true. Um, I'm looking. I don't even know what Lady Hawk is, but now I want. I'm looking. For, I want to keep it Matthew that way. Matthew Broderick. I want to keep Pfeiffer, it that way. I don't want anything. 
I will pick Lady Hawk this year. Mark my words. Yeah, I won't look. I won't read into it at all. I'll just throw it on whenever it's time. Just going cold. Yeah. Yeah. Just know it's reference from Ready Player One. That's about it. Never seen it. Lady Hawk is one I found on the Action Channel that I've mentioned before. That when we had like satellite um, for a while, my brother and I found that channel, and it was just like. 80s action movies and then all sorts of random anime the action channel was just like the the focus point of everything that i liked and wanted as a middle schooler during that time frame and they just played lady hawk like once a week any so that's Willem. final thoughts loved it no we already i mean we always do this we give our final thoughts and then we say are there any final thoughts <laughs> nope other nope. finaler thoughts really i really didn't thoughts. have that many notes it was kind of tough too because i i was just legitimately watching at this time and it was just i really did like it yeah it was something i could i could write notes while watching it sometimes like if i have a lot to say i have to constantly be stopping the movie to write notes yeah. and not miss anything but here it was just kind of like I wasn't. I didn't feel rushed to write notes. I was just like, it was easy to watch, and like, I didn't have so I much to bad. say about it. Usually, whenever I'm hosting, my wife is always asking, like, "What movie are you guys doing this month?" And you know, I'll say like, "I'll jingle all the way" or um, "Predator," this and that. Depending on the movie, um, you know, she'll watch it with me just for the sake of you know, I'm watching a movie. Do you want to watch it with me? But whenever I'm hosting, I always feel bad because it's like. You're not going to want to watch it with me because I'm going to be pausing it every three minutes because I'm going to have to write this whole long like exposition bit, right. and then I can continue playing. You're going to record. What you need is like the the speech to text, and just dictate as it goes. Mm. Well, thank so you. So, what is next time, Nick? Fuck. I don't know. Oh, okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Cut this whole segment. Cut all of it. Cut all of it. It's bullshit. We're at, three, we're at three and a half hours. Cut an bullshit. hour out. Bullshit. No, let's start from scratch. Welcome back start to Screen one. Refresh, a show where we... <laughs> Welcome to Rule of Thirds. <laughs> well... Top three hosts I want to replace, starting with Nick and then followed by Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for coming along on another journey with us as we watched Willow. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Screen Refresh, or email us your own movie memories at ScreenRefresh at gmail.com. Get ready for another great year in 2022, and catch us on Rule of Thirds, the third Monday of the month. That's all from us for now. So, for my co-hosts Nick and Tim, this is Dean saying Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. Somebody's gonna die.